0: what's going on everybody welcome to the great cave it's kofu as always monty's here with us what's up monty
1: what up what up
0: um how's life
1: you know it's good it's good i'm just uh, a little congested right now with my nose so hopefully it's not too much of a bother
0: right 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 yeah um i mean you, you you sound pretty fine you sound pretty fine uh are you are you one of those paranoid types though like oh man what if i have covid or you know <laughs>
1: Yeah, I always have that in the back of my mind, but I don't know. I, I, don't, think, uh, I don't think I don't think I haven't been I haven't been going uh, anywhere that much. But you never know, man. Even with masks, I've been wearing masks when I'm uh, when I'm going somewhere if I have to do something. But I don't know. You can't. I don't know how how effective masks uh, masks are because they can't be effective like hundred percent.
0: You know, uh, you might miss like that one percent. Yeah. It's not a total. It's not a total shield, but I mean, at least you out here being socially responsible, like wearing it and stuff. Because some people don't give a fuck about it. Um, actually, when I was with Braddy earlier on today, we went to the gas station, and I had went to the gas station, and he was like, "Uh, um, you need a mask in here." And I'm like, "Oh, snap! I didn't even realize I didn't have it. Of course you need a mask in there." But uh, okay, yeah,
1: yeah,
0: and I felt a little embarrassed, right? Because she might have thought, like, oh, he's one of those ones that think you don't gotta wear a <laughs> yeah. mask. But I really do believe you should wear a mask. I just forgot, because nowadays it's kind of like, you know, it's it's just as easy as forgetting your keys. You know, you need your keys, but sometimes people forget their keys, their wallet, stuff like that. So it's still a uh, it's still something that uh I'm I gotta consciously think about incorporating into my lifestyle. <laughs> you know, it's just. Yeah, flat. I'm still
1: not used to it, man. I forget sometimes. I'm like, "Oh shit, I need a mask." But it's like a uh, it's pretty
0: much part of your outfit nowadays. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um and I ain't going to lie, bro. I've been thinking about doing some custom masks like you guys see you guys see the logo on uh, the Great Cave, the Great Cave logo. Oh so, shit. I, I really like the logo. But I've been thinking about just uh getting a bunch of masks that have the logo on it, and I think that will be pretty cool cuz right now I'm just using the basic nurse mask which is fine, but, you know, I want to add a little flavor to it.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. pretty interesting how masks became part of, like, merch for a lot of people who are, like, you know, who sell merchandise. If you're, like, an artist or just uh, if you have a brand, pretty much, masks, uh, they're pretty much uh, kind of a uh, – kind of, they kind of came in clutch when they <laughs> to making money for a lot of people.
0: For real, though, I mean – that's actually pretty smart, you know? Um, I, I wanna be, uh, I wanna release some merch soon and uh, I, don't, I don't know if I'll be like selling masks, but it makes a lot of sense. You have to, it's like a, a vital thing. So why not? Why not uh, support your favorite brands? Or, you know, if you have a brand that people love, why not put it on a mask, you know? Well, with um, the vaccine cool. coming
1: up, uh, you think uh, we, we, we're still gonna be wearing
0: a mask for like, you know,
1: for the foreseeable future?
0: Good question. I would have to look more into it. Now, I have I've seen like one article and the article basically stated that uh, the vaccine is effective, but it has its problems. Um, but mm-hmm. I'm not comfortable enough to like assess those problems right now. I can't yeah. remember off the top of my head, but I, I skimmed through the article. But uh, I don't know if, if it depends on the, the problems of the vaccine. And it depends on because there's this attitude, this general attitude that people have like, oh, well I'm not going to be the first guinea pig. So I'm going to give it a few months, let other people use it. And, and if it goes right for the majority of them, then then I'll use it.
1: But um, yeah, I think it should be fine. Yeah. Uh, but I, I did hear you might you might feel something a little bit like some un, it's It's a little uncomfortable, I guess. But it should be. I mean, it should be fine, I think.
0: I'm it's not better really than, you know, getting the COVID
1: theorist. again
0: instead. Of... Yeah, I'm not really a conspiracy theorist. Uh, so that whole anti-vax stuff, I think uh, I think it's out of pocket a lot, a lot of times. And people, I don't know, people prey on that yeah. shit too. By the way, this isn't a part of the list of our uh, topics, but it, I mean, this, it's an organic show. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that are like skeptical of the, of the vaccine, number one. And number two, people know that. So they prey on people's skepticism and they say, oh, well, instead of using a mask that doesn't work and a vaccine uh, uh, that's going to give you autism, you should use my product. And then it's a oh, product yeah. that truly is dangerous. Uh, so I've seen that uh, go around and I, I just can't stand those people. Those are some of the worst people to me, Monty, like uh, people that sell products that are, is actually harmful. So not only just scamming people, but like giving them shit with high amounts of sodium and sand that it's going to. Like uh, the most famous one that I can think of is Jilly Juice. Now, uh, Jilly Juice was this uh, product that this woman put out for people that are suffering with. Uh, well, she, she wanted to sell it to anybody and everybody that are going through like cancer, uh, any like sort of crazy serious illness. She would say Jilly Juice uh, uh, will, will help you with that. And modern science, modern medical science can't uh, uh, can't keep up with the. Uh, the the miraculous jelly juice or whatever, right? And people bought it, but not but but it, it had high amounts of sodium. Anyway, long story short, Dr. Phil brought this woman on. Let's say her name's Jilly. I can't remember her name, but it's called Jilly Juice. So I think she named it after herself. And Dr. Phil brought her on and Dr. Phil also brought my my guy on, a, a friend of mine named Jeff Holiday, who's a YouTuber that specializes in debunking uh conspiracy theorists and giving anti-vaxxers a hard time. Like he 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 like completely uh, destroyed them. And so Dr. Phil's team, I guess, heard about him. So he brought Je- Jeff Holiday on and he brought brought, uh, brought the Jilly Juice lady on. And uh, they had a field day with her, man. And you know what she said? She, um like Dr. Phil brought guests on, like, or not, not guests, but uh he invited people that used the product onto her show. So there were there were women that swore by it, like, oh yeah, I give it to my kids, which is a scary thought. And then there's there's people that Dr. Phil brought on that was hurt by it, that got hospitalized because of it. And um yeah, it just really shows it really shows um how, how nasty people can be. But the most ridiculous claim Jillie put out there was that if you drink her stuff, not only will it uh, kill cancer, not only will it help you with your whatever illness you're dealing with. Monty, she says that if you lose a hand, if you lose a toe, a finger, a ear, if you drink enough jelly juice for long enough, you can re- you can regrow limbs.
1: Man, that's just going too far, too too just absurd.
0: Mm-hmm. Now that's some like, people could be like, "No, oh, go ahead.
1: No, nah, I was just going to say, that's just... At that point, this is pretty much, car. it's a, it's a cartoon at that point. I'm like,
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> grow a right? hand, come on, man. Now, I, I actually have a vulnerable spot in my heart for like, uh, I don't know, like people see that and they believe it, but, and, and, and people that are on the outside looking in, look at it like, how could you be, how could you be so stupid and believe that? But Monty, I don't think it's an IQ issue. I think it's a desperation issue. Right. Like mm. a lot of these people are like damn near on their deathbed and the doctor's telling them you got nine months to live. So a lot of them seek out the, this this, you know, non FDA approved uh, uh, medicinal uh, uh, whatever. And, and and it's out of desperation. A lot of times, you know, I, I saw this one heart wrenching documentary uh, about the dude that plays uh, the lead role of Spartacus. So uh, Spartacus was a show down by stars. A pretty good show, by the way. I can't believe once upon a time I thought Spartacus was better than Game of Thrones, but I did. I really did at the time really
1: love Spartacus. Hey, hey, man. After what happened with Game of Thrones with uh, last season, uh, I think, I-, I haven't seen Spartacus, but I can't doubt it's better than Game of Thrones.
0: <laughs> well, I think it, it has a better ending than Game of Thrones, but with the, I mean, what's that really saying? The bar is so low. But my, my whole point in saying that was they switched the lead actor on the, uh, uh after the first season. And it took a lot, of, a, a, a good amount of time for people to get used to this, the new actor. But some people at first thought like, oh, he was an actor that got fired. Maybe there were creative differences. But no, he got, uh, the, the first actor had got diagnosed with a terminal illness. And when he was diagnosed, Monty, he, he had a documentary made about him. And um, like, while he was living. See, Monty is different when you died and then somebody does a documentary after it. No, he did a documentary recording his last days. And Monty was sad because he was going to all these different countries looking for like cures that maybe modern science hasn't, modern medical science hasn't acknowledged yet. And he ultimately died. So we see him. Oh hope. yeah,
1: I heard about that.
0: He's, yeah, he,
1: that was a big news. He was a, he was pretty much I guess the main main actor in that show, right?
0: Yeah, he was Spartacus. He was Spartacus, the leading role, and a great actor by the way. But yeah, I saw that documentary Monty, and he has so much hope, like. He didn't let the diagnosis like uh, uh, kill his spirits, but he went to like India. He went to like different countries looking for like, you know, the the, the possible cure, and there was no cure, Monty. And hey man, I can't I can't
1: fault him, man. That's you know you still wanna give everything a try at that point. It's like you have nothing to lose, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's just sad. Like you saw his kids and his uh, wife go through it with him, and um. Mm. But, but yeah, man, it was it was just pretty fucking sad. Especially, I, you know, I saw that after I saw the show Spartacus and wondering, hey, why, where's he at? Like, uh, why is he in season two, season three? And when I found out why and I saw the documentary, I'm like, oh, now I get man. it. And, uh,
1: that was yeah. kind of like the uh, similar thing with, uh, with the Black Panther actor, you know, Chadwick Boseman.
0: Rest in peace to Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. yeah, man,
1: that's like that uh, you—you you never knew like uh, he was going to that. But after you know, after he passed away, then you found out that that's like a shocking thing.
0: That's like insane. Yeah, and I didn't—and I didn't even know he was in his 40s either. Like he has a—you know—he has a—you know—black don't crack as they say, Monty. And so he looks young. He has a baby face and uh, a yeah, yeah. phenomenal actor. I didn't only see—I didn't only see Black Panther. I saw his uh, Jackie Robinson biopic. Yeah, and he I was in a him lot him. of
1: movies. He wasn't even in two, like two movies that came out this year. And yeah, uh, that's pretty crazy, man. He might he might win some awards because I heard he's pretty good in, in these two two movies that came out this year.
0: Well shit, if the Oscars is anything like the Grammys, and that's another oh Monty, we forgot to <laughs> I, we didn't put Grammys in the top. We could talk but, about uh, it. We could talk about we... it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh cuz the Grammys is something that's really in conversation right now. And I do think people put the Grammys on such a high pedestal, but the level of cor- like uh perceived corruption has never been higher than this year. And like news is coming out about past Grammys and stuff like that. Uh wait, but do we want to get into this now? Do should we, you know, talk about the Mike Tyson and Jake Paul situation?
1: Yeah, I think that might be a bit bigger bigger news at this point cuz uh, you know, yeah. This uh, this past weekend, this uh, this uh, Tyson and uh, Roy Jones fight that was uh, yep. that was like the big thing that was going on. And uh, so, what do you think of it, man? What what do you think of the think of the fight overall?
0: Um, well, I wanted to manage my expectations, right? Because um, I didn't see the whole thing, but I I read the uh, play. I read some of the play by play, and I, I saw. There's this guy on YouTube named the Weasel. And Monty, the weasel, breaks down. Generally, UFC MMA fights, and his knowledge pool is so crazy. Like he slows it down, and he says, like, okay, well, this fighter did this, and he was smart, but the uh, other opponent could have dodged it like this. But you know, he had a mis uh, a misstep, stuff like that. Anyway, the weasel broke it down, and he basically said, man, these are two great legends in their 50s. But long story short, Monty, what it's looking like is since it's an exhibition fight, it wasn't scored like a a regular pro fight. Uh, so, and some people go as far as saying that. If, if nobody was going to get knocked out, it would have been a, tied, tied, uh, uh, a tie no matter what, right? Because by all accounts of all the serious boxing heads, they said if this was a real fight, Tyson would have won, um, like period. Even though he did not knock him out, he would have outscored him. He was far more the aggressive fighter, the far more accurate fighter, and uh, Roy Jones took a lot of uh, uh, damage. And some people say they could tell Mike Tyson was holding back. I don't know about that, but uh, I guess the facts are the facts. Uh, if you break down the numbers, I guess Tyson was the far more aggressive, offensive, and accurate fighter. Uh, but the buildup was people really thought that Mike Tyson was going to knock him out. Some people feel robbed. Some people feel like Tyson was robbed. But it's an exhibition fight, which people, a lot of casuals watch this, Monty. A lot of people that don't watch boxing watch this. And I, I'm a casual fan, but I had to find out that exhibition fights are generally much different than pro fights. So, um, yeah i yeah. mean they're they're um,
1: they're over 50 man you can't have a you can have an actual profile at this point it's like it's not gonna be the same and yeah. well yeah. what they were in that in their prime you know
0: yeah and roy jones junior like everybody was like hyping like tyson up everybody swore it was going to be a knockout i feel so sorry for the people that betted on this fight like what happens when this happens mind you, let's say like me and you bet because i'm not a gambler guys um but mind you, let's say you bet roy jones would win i i, I bet mike tyson would win and then a draw happens like it did. What happens in that? Do we just
1: Man, I don't you, know what happens, but I would just rather I would just split it, you know, equally.
0: Yeah, because people were betting on it and saying, like, oh, Mike Tyson I got Mike Tyson in two or Mike Tyson in three. So, you know, growing up, I thought bets were mainly like, okay, you bet who's gonna lose, I bet who's gonna win. But like in things like football, basketball, you not only bet on who's gonna win, but how much they win by or in fighting if you're if you, you going to bet that somebody's going to get knocked out and you got to bet on the round, right? So yeah. you know, let, let's say it's Conor, Conor McGregor versus Khabib or whatever. Me and you bet. And I'm like, okay, I believe Conor's going to win and you believe K- uh, Habib's going to win. But then I would bet like, okay, well, I also bet that Conor McGregor is going to knock Khabib out by round two. But let's say Conor McGregor knocks him out in round four. So I guess you wouldn't make as much money, but you still would make some. I don't know. It gets really neat, man. That gambling stuff—it's yeah. it's very complicated.
1: But um, yeah, man, it's a it's a whole another genre. It's not a genre. It's like a whole community, and the, I mean, it's it it's pretty it's pretty crazy. Like uh, there's like websites dedicated to you know the betting odds of uh, all different kinds of sports. You know, even if you see a lot of movies that kind of go into that. How how people? It's like a heist movie where people fucking uh you know go into into all the betting odds and shit and make a lot of money somehow just uh you know somehow screwing the system it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting but i want to get into it man i i hear a lot of people getting addicted to that shit like pretty much losing a lot of money
0: well here's the thing gambling can be an addiction I, i have somebody in my family a brother of mine but hey guys i got like seven brothers so it ain't like i'm putting anybody on blast But I do have a brother that um, had issues with that, had an addiction to gambling and, uh, you know, maybe had took money that he was supposed to pay bills with and went to the casino because he just felt really positive. Like he was he really felt he was lucky that night. I don't know. Some gamblers will tell you, Monty, that they just feel like they got it, Like, like, like they got the lucky hand, the Midas touch. So they go to the casino. He went to the casino and he lost all. Four thousand dollars or whatever, and that's the sad part. Another thing, Monty, about gamblers is, casinos don't necessarily so much mind that you win. They don't want you to win, but they they there's a rush to winning, right? So a lot of people, let's say we go, let's say let's say you go to the casino with a hundred dollars and you win like three hundred dollars. A lot of people, Monty, don't know when to stop, so they will go with a certain amount of money, like maybe double or triple that money, but then lose all their money because they don't know when to stop because
1: yeah they think uh they'll they'll probably get lucky and win it all back <laughs> you know but yeah, that's because very, it's yeah, set up for you to lose a uh, kind of right because uh, you know the definitely, definitely the casinos and all that they have a they have a they have a system going on i mean you you might win and you might get lucky but you know the odds are really against yeah. you
0: yeah and another note Monty is and a lot of casinos, they give you free alcohol as long as you're gambling. And, oh yeah! Come on, you you know just, just stay the stay the fuck out of casinos, man. they' you're not gonna
1: get anything good good out of them.
0: Yeah, and if you must gamble, just gamble gamble respons- responsibly, like. Right? Uh, I'm not going to judge negatively if you gamble, but you just know it's a slippery slope, yo. Know? Uh, so if you have an alcohol I, I addiction,
1: like, uh, if you have an al- alcohol addiction or some other type of addiction, just don't go into gambling because it's going to be the same. Oh, yeah, that.
0: Gambling. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I just want to know. I just want to like put the distinction that there, people do recreationally gamble, and I think the best mindset about it is to just go in expecting to lose your money. Like, yeah. if, if, if you're going to... I'm only going to spend $100... Expect that you're losing that hundred dollars and you're just having fun doing it. Uh, but yeah. when you start digging into like you know your savings and stuff, that's when you're <laughs> I feel like you're crossing the bounds. But regardless, yeah. so um, and, and for a later day, Monty, I do want to get into the gambling because uh, gaming has has a oh, lot of kids, yeah yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. But to stay on track, stay on topic, we're, yeah. we're gonna get on that gaming and addiction. You know, minors digging into their credit credit card, their parents' credit card accounts and all that. We'll get into that's that. That's like a whole
1: thing. whole another subject, man. But you know, yeah, we're talking yeah, about yeah. Tyson. But yeah, let's get back, let's get back yeah. into that topic. Okay, so.
0: so so a lot of people were disappointed. And that's why I said managing my expectations. I, I felt like it could have went in either way. Uh, And earlier I brought up Roy Jones Jr. Because if you look at his highlights or seeing some of his fights in his prime, Monty, he was like, untouchable like some people have him number one best of all time because of how talented he was like it's like i don't know about you've seen the last dance michael jordan he was like the michael jordan of boxing in terms of his highlights being so enchanting and magical and you're like oh my god how is he moving like that he's like a super sand amongst regular men um but obviously since his style required a lot of athleticism um he just, he doesn't move like that anymore, but I don't know, for some reason, people really forgot about the 50-year-old plus part.
1: I was about to say that, man, I was about to say that, because I watched the whole fight, and uh, he was, uh, I I don't, I don't get what, uh, what people mean when they're disappointed, because this was actually a pretty, pretty decent fight, man, they actually went the the whole, I think it was six rounds, or seven, yeah, uh, I'm not sure, but they went the whole, whole way, man, and they actually, I was surprised, man, yeah. and, uh, you know, Tyson, obviously, he does not move the same as in his prime, but he still, he still got it, man, and uh, he, he, people just had to temper their expectations and and realize it's, uh, they're over 50, so you're not going to get the same type of entertainment that you would have gotten if they're in their prime, you know, but, hey, man, the fight was pretty good, man, and uh, Roy Jones, man, he, I feel like he survived in that uh, I, thought, I thought he might have got, gotten knocked out, man, but I think uh, he, did, he did pretty damn well, man. I, I, I don't really agree with uh, that it was a tie, but honestly, at this point, it wasn't a real fight, so you can't be really too much... You can't really be too mad at the result because, uh, you know, it, I don't think it was a tie, man, because uh, if you watch the whole fight, Tyson was pretty much, you know, he was kind of dominating, but, you know... It, uh Roy Jones also had some huge shots in there, but not not nearly as Tyson. And yeah. I think uh I think one of the judges was uh, uh another boxing legend, Viv Vinny And <laughs> he kept giving uh giving like scoring, better score to uh Roy Jones. I was like, I don't know, he was probably high or had a vendetta against Mike Tyson or something.
0: Oh <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah that's why. I did look at the scorecards and the way the weasel broke it down was like, if you really want to stretch it, you can see a tie, but he had Tyson winning, but there was one scorecard that had Roy Jones winning and everybody's like, what the hell were you smoking? Basically what you just said, Monty, you had to be smoking yeah. some, some shit for, for that to happen. So there is that. But uh, one thing about it though, is uh, Mike, T- Mike Tyson and Roy Jones reportedly drew 1.2 million pay-per-view buys in the United oh, yeah. States alone. Yeah. Could, so- we
1: can't forget about that, and they, Win or lose, man, they made, they made a whole bunch of money.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was funny, too, because there's this like, a lot of memes on uh, uh, Twitter uh, with Mike, jo- Mike Tyson and Roy Jones. Uh, were, you know, they both had belts around their waist. But, like, they took a picture. And Roy Jones smiled, and he looked like like he was in pain. So the smile looked like he was, like, grimacing, like, ah, oh, this shit hurts. And I think somebody may have said, I didn't see this footage, but people were talking about on Twitter, that somebody said, hey, y'all should run it back. And Roy Jones looked like no, I do not. Like he just looked like he didn't want any parts of this. And I think Mike Tyson. From,
1: <laughs> I saw the interview, man. I, read, uh, I think Roy Jones was uh-huh. like, "Well, think about it, man. I'll ask my family." But Tyson was like, "Let's do it, man." He was hundred percent
0: in. But Roy was I, like, "I'm not sure, man."
1: <laughs> bro, I gotta Mike, talk about my You know, family it had to first. hurt. Oh yeah, you yeah, know yeah, it
0: yeah. had to hurt because they made a lot of money through uh, uh, from this. So for Roy Jones to even think about it, you no, know, that lets you know that Mike Tyson hits incredibly hard he looks like he was in pain. And again, he's 50 plus years old. Your endurance, your stamina, everything's just different at that age from what I understand. Yeah, man, um, to
1: go the full length, uh, that's, that's a kudos to them. Cause uh, that's not easy. Cause I was thinking, man, they would be guessed out by the middle of the fight, middle of the, you know, the probably third round or some shit, but they went the whole round and
0: yeah, that, and that, nobody that was,
1: got knocked out, man. That, so that, that was pretty dope.
0: Yeah. So naturally, we got to segue into the, the the fight that arguably had more headlines than Mike Tyson and Roy Jones due to its exciting finish. Some would say disappointing finish, but I'm more so interested in the reaction. So, if you guys don't know, Nate Robinson, an absolute NBA legend, by the way, uh, who's you know been retired for like decades now, he um he got into boxing, and him and Jake Paul. By the way, Monty, I don't know the backstory, like because it was so random, like. I literally just found out about this fight like like less than a week ago. And I'm like, wait, Nate Robinson? Talking yeah, I didn't know basketball? about it
1: either until this day of the fight.
0: Yeah, and I'm like, okay, well, this is definitely a cash opportunity. Like Nate Robinson's probably looking like, man, we could do a lot of money. And Jake Paul, we know he's been boxing people or whatever. And so, all right, fine. Uh, and I heard about this like... Um, You know, so the night of, I was thinking like, man, how's this going to go? And Nate Robinson put out a tweet saying, I'm doing this for all the athletes around the world and the NBA community, like the NBA family, right? Because people always want, NBA players are some of the most athletic people on earth. So there's a lot of fantasy uh, scenarios people have, like, you know, what if LeBron James box? Matter of fact, Kobe Covington, uh, uh, MMA fighter, uh, uh, said some controversial things about, oh, I would fuck LeBron James up, you know? Uh, uh, and ultimately, these are trained killers. MMA people are trained killers. But just imagine if we isn't were Colby
1: uh, Covington. Cal- uh, he's he's kind of like a troll, troll character in the MMA world. He's like a Trump supporter, and I yeah, guess yeah, that's just yeah. yeah. kind of yeah, that's his character. You know, he probably plays so he's definitely trying to yeah, garner attention, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I don't let you know. I don't give him that agency to like piss me off and get me revved up because it's obviously he's just trying to I know, enjoy it man. I
1: enjoy it. Uh you know I'm yeah. a big wrestling fan, so I look at it as a pretty much an act. Like you know the heels and the faces. Like yeah, the good yeah, guy yeah. and the bad guy.
0: But the only thing is though, I didn't like when Kobe Covetin said about Kamara Usman who's a, a Nigerian champion right now. Uh and he doesn't necessarily have the most exciting style. Uh, by the way, we're, we're going to get back to Nate and uh, Jake Paul, but I got to tell Monty this right quick. Kobe Coveton said something about, oh, what is he going to do? Uh, uh, send smoke signals? For, basically, <laughs> implying that Africans and, you know, tents and stuff like that, smoke signals. Uh, basically, uh, implying that Nigerians are primitive people that have to use smoke signals to communicate. So that's the only thing. He's a troll, he, man. He has the, right, you right.
1: Know, the red hat on, man. I, I can't really expect too much that's from true.
0: him. But. But even then, though, right? Like, there's a way to get people to hate you without shitting on uh, a population. But to be real, though, he did go to Brazilian, or or he did fight in Brazil. And after he beat that Brazilian opponent, he told everybody in the arena, oh, you, uh, fuck you, Brazil. You people are nothing but a bunch of filthy animals. (laughs) And uh, that was wild. That was back then. So, yeah, based on that, if I think about it like that, then that shouldn't surprise me. But, yeah, Jake Paul is uh, – I guess he's uh, taken on that role. But going back to Nate Robinson, though, he said, I'm doing this for my NBA family, Monty. That was one of his main motivations, he stated. Now, I don't know the guy, so what I'm thinking is like, oh, this is a money opportunity. Nate Robinson is an older guy. Like, uh, I just wouldn't imagine him boxing if it wasn't about the money. But he's saying he just wants to represent for the NBA family. And again, going back to those <laughs> scenarios, people always imagine like, yo, what if? what if Kobe and LeBron James or Michael Jordan chose MMA or boxing instead, right? So I guess he wanted to like validate some of those fantasies by saying like, look, look what I'm about to do. I'm about to fuck Jake Paul up. And to be honest, he probably took Jake Paul like not that serious because even though Jake Paul is younger and more athletic, by the way, I'm hearing Jake Paul is a bigger fighter. Like there was a mismatch in in, in weight, but I'm not uh, super sure about that. But uh, I, I think Nate may, Nate may have Nate may have underestimated him. Now that's not me. To, that's not the same thing in saying that saying that I think Nate is better than Jake, and he just got caught slipping. No, I'm I'm pretty sure Jake Paul is the superior fighter. I'm just saying I can I don't imagine Nate being particularly scared of Jake Paul. But the point is though, Jake Paul knocked Nate Robinson into another dimension. Knocked him out. It looked bad. He was sleep. Nate Robinson was sleep. Right? What? Because there's a TKO where you get knocked out uh, it's like a technical knockout where where you're still aware you're still conscious but you're not fighting back yeah. so you're shutting down and then there's a knockout where it's just like you're unconscious and the yeah, that was a knockout
1: man uh yes. Pretty much he was laid uh, he, that's that's one thing you don't want to you don't want that happen to you man not not because you know obviously that hurts but you're going to get uh turned into a fucking meme pretty much
0: Bro, it happened to one of the greatest fighters of all time, Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao got knocked out before and literally fell in that same position because I'm looking at Nate Robinson right now. And the world went crazy. They had memes of him laying down in the bed. They had him <laughs> they had him in Bikini Bottom with Spongebob. They had Yeah, them, they had um,
1: they had all the black leaders from, from the past looking down on him, you know, <laughs> to yeah, the bro. to the knockout knocked out, you know, Nate Robinson. Man, it's bro, crazy.
0: It's- crazy but not but it kind of went like because i started feeling bad for him man like imagine your mental health that's why i was like that's what dude. i was
1: thinking man uh man kudos to him but uh also like why why the fuck would you put yourself in that position man i, I obviously the money is pretty good i guess so that right, kind of right, i guess yeah. that kind of cancels out the embarrassment you might you know but
0: it doesn't cancel out it doesn't like your mental health is your mental health right i don't know oh, Robinson's yeah. mental health but it went from like okay memes, whatever, whatever. But there were like people saying like, oh, he's not black no more. We don't want him in a black community. And then the same Damn. athletes, the same athletes he was fighting for. You know, he said he was fighting for the NBA family. A lot of people made fun of him. So Joel B said night, night. There was other people laughing at him. Some people were like, oh, you're definitely not a, a part of my NBA family or something like that. Even though he's an NBA legend, Monty, people were just disowning him left Damn. and right. The worst and guess outcome. What?
1: You know the worst mm-hmm. outcome that could happen for him happened, man, and that's what happens, man. So you gotta be, you gotta be careful when you get in that boxing ring. It's not, it's not just, you know, it's, it's not, not a, jokes, man.
0: It's not a game. And people, uh, somebody said it best. I don't know who ultimately said it, uh, but the, the the quote goes something like, "You play basketball, you play baseball, you play football, you don't play boxing." you never heard somebody saying, oh, I'm about to go play boxing.
1: That's a good quote, man. That's a good quote. That's a
0: hell of a good quote because it's dead-ass serious. Like, you don't play combat sports. It's not a game. You You don't play it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so a lot of people made fun of him, but he had an unlikely uh, defender in all this. So Floyd Mayweather popped out and said, uh, he says, black athletes shouldn't mock Nate Robinson. So Robinson making his pro debut on the undercard of Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. was savagely knocked out unconscious in the second round of, by YouTuber Jake Paul. Mayweather showed his support in the aftermath, sharing. A See, I guess of that's
1: why it kind of makes it worse because it's, it's a fucking YouTuber. It's Jake Paul. It's like uh, it's like the villain internet. One of the internet's, you know, meme character. It's kind of like a hated one of the most hated. So, being knocked yeah. out by yeah. him. Uh, you know everybody's like damn man but by a YouTuber that uh one of the Paul brothers because you know the Paul brothers are are like infamous in the interwebs for just doing a lot of a lot of controversial shit or just getting in trouble all the time and not in a not yep. being in a good light so I guess that's another key factor in it
0: yep yep and we're gonna talk about that on like what's next for Jake Paul because I have a take about that but but, yeah we yeah, can't forget about him saying.
1: man he's uh he's at the top of the world right now probably cuz you know he's a yeah. he's at all the news stories cuz he also called out yeah. Conor McGregor just that's why he's oh also back in oh the god. news too
0: Oh my god we're going to yeah we're going to get into that but I just want to say uh Mayweather also appeared to criticize Black athletes or Black entertainers who might be picking fun, making fun of them. So Mayweather said, Nate, I'm proud of you and I always will stand behind all my brothers. I would never kick my brother when he's down. It's okay for people to voice their opinions on social media, but no Black athletes or Black entertainers, especially Black NBA players, should make a mockery of you. We are supposed to all stand with each other through the good, bad, and ugly. I'm here to uplift you and let you know we all love you and congratulate you just for making an effort. So I want to say real quick, um, it's not about whether I agree or with Mayweather like, you know, social media, social media, people can say what they want. However, I'm glad that there was somebody of, of notable, of, uh, of, of somebody famous, somebody that people somewhat respect. I say somewhat because Floyd is very controversial. I'm glad that somebody defended them, right? Like there was somebody that stood in this corner amongst all these powerful people that, that, you know, Nate probably respects, uh, Steph Curry and all them, uh, that there was at least one person to defend him. Like uh, I think that, that that helps out. And uh, the, Mayweather saying like you know we need to all come together and be uplifting. No nobody no black entertainer should go at him, especially NBA players. I like I see what Floyd's saying, but I do gotta run it back to the Gucci thing. When when people were trying to boycott Gucci, uh, Floyd was like, bro, I'm Floyd Mayweather. I, ain't, I I do what I want. Fuck everything else. It it seemed like he was speaking against at least at that moment the idea of solidarity when it comes to like trying to unify and fight against uh right you know racial injustice and stuff like that however um floyd did floyd is a man like i I don't put these guys on like pedestals or whatever and i don't hold them to such a high standard that when they make a mistake or do something i don't like that i like want to cancel them or ban them however at this very moment like what floyd did i respect him for it like yeah i respect him saying that um yeah, it's not necessarily about if I agree. Should should black entertainers should they roast them? I'm just glad that there was somebody to say like, "Yo, Nate, I love you and I'm proud of you." I'm proud because not everybody, a lot of people don't have the balls to get into the ring and and take that risk. Uh, so it does take a you know certain amount of courage to do what Nate Robinson did because he knew at the end of the day, even though he might have underestimated them, everybody has a puncher's chance to knock you out, and he took that risk, and now he's on the bottom half of it. Yeah, the money's there, but again, I just hope Nate Robinson is mentally strong enough to know, like, yeah, people will forget about this, Nate. Like, like you, you can live past this. I've seen yeah. people get canceled and come back stronger than ever. Now, I don't know if I would recommend Nate Robinson boxing ever again because that's just gonna make it even more crazier. But uh, yeah, I can't
1: yeah, see. I- Hopefully, he doesn't. You know, he he stays quiet for a while and just gets back to living life. But, yeah, th- th- just like you said, people forget because, you know, they're going to have something new to make fun of.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And another thing, Floyd Mayweather has made fun of people, while, you know, when they got beat up or, or laid down. But he said uh, he said the times I've had issues with another brother is when they came at me first. I was just defending myself. Now, whether that's a, a good excuse or a bad bad excuse, that's the, besides the point. Again, my main point is that I'm glad somebody defended Nate because he was getting – Hell from everybody. People did, wanting to disown him. The same NBA family was fighting for. A lot of their biggest ambassadors were like, "Get the, get him the fuck out of here." Uh, so it is what it is. But going to Jake Paul. What does this mean for Jake Paul? So Jake Paul wants to continue to box, and we know that. Um, uh, he you remember he fought a KSI. Yeah,
1: that was a, that was another interesting fight too.
0: I didn't even watch it because I didn't. I, I'm not i am not I didn't care about it. Like I didn't. I guess I can even go to the respect angle. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm a casual uh, fan of combat sports as is. So, YouTubers saying, I want to box, I want to box you.
1: Yeah, I kind of respect it like, too, man. Cause, uh, you know, they're, you know,
0: they're actually taking it serious. No, 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 Monty, Monty. I'm saying I didn't respect it. But it's cool that you respect it. But what I'm oh, saying okay, is, okay. I didn't respect it because I think they were, uh, it's like, hmm. I guess now I'm starting to find out that they did take it serious. Like they were really going through training camps or whatever. But when it first came out, I'm like, bro, cause you got to understand Monty. Like I love hip hop. I live hip hop. Right. So when YouTubers were making diss tracks and stuff like that, it it was just so corny to me. Oh yeah. I know
1: what you mean. uh, (laughs) Like the rice, rice gum of the, you know, Jake Paul too. He was cause he did the same shit. So you're probably like, Oh man. Uh, So what else, what genre,
0: I mean, what field is he going to ruin next? Right. (laughs) That, that's exactly what it was. But l- looking at this, oh, by the way, because I, I wanted to make sure, Monty, so KSI fought Logan Paul, not Jake Paul, right? So excuse me, guys, for saying that. Or wait, hold on. KSI and Jake Paul face off in ring ahead of potential fight. That was January 30th, 2020. But then when I typed in Jake Paul KSI, it said KSI versus Logan Paul event. That that was in
1: 2018. I, so think, he uh, fought both? I think Jake Paul fought... And uh, I think it was the first one, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, it's it's kind of. I think I remember KSI and Jake Paul fighting too, and okay. then the KSI fighting the other brother Logan
0: Paul. Okay, well, well, regardless, guys, and, and let let us know if we're wrong, but uh, Jake Paul called KSI out. And it was such a cringy video, Monty. Oh, my God. He was like, ha, 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 ha. Like, he did this forced laugh that was so inauthentic. And he was sitting with his mom. He was sitting with his, uh, well, a lady that looked like to, to be his mom. It could be his aunt, It could be his grandma. I don't know. She looked like an older white lady. And he was in like this, I'm guessing a club environment because there was music in the background. But he was like, KSI, I'm calling your bitch ass out. Yada, yada, yada. I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, basically calling them a bitch in so many words and saying, I will I will fuck you up, boy. Yeah, he did say that. He said, I'll fuck you up, boy. And um, and then he laughed. He did. But Monty, it was like when you think of a cartoonish devilish laugh, that's what he did but it was inauthentic, so it was forced, and it just cringed me out so bad, but what I wanted to say was, basically what he's trying to do is, Floyd Mayweather admitted years later, when he was doing stuff like uh, fighting fighting Mexican fighters and saying insensitive thing, cultural insensitive things to them, ultimately, he knew that people would pay to see him get his head knocked off, but nobody could do it, so Jake Paul is essentially taking his role as a villain and 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 using the social reputation he got from YouTube as a hated person on YouTube to transition into boxing and and so people want to see him lose bro even though Nate Robinson got knocked out and they made fun of Nate people want to see Jake Paul get fucked up they want to see him get oh, yeah. knocked out and he's going to use that to make money and guess what it made Mayweather bro it made Mayweather the the uh he's broke the most records in boxing in terms of PVP and commercial sales. He, he broke records with Manny Pacquiao. Nobody's outsold that in boxing. And then what did he do? He, then he went with Conor McGregor. Now that fight wasn't super exciting because Conor McGregor isn't a boxer or whatever, but Conor McGregor did make it to eight or nine rounds, even though Mayweather was out of his prom. That's still impressive. But, uh, or it might've been 10 rounds. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but like uh, I, Conor McGregor survived a lot longer than people thought, but it made a lot of money. And Mayweather said, Monty, he knows that he's probably more hated than than supported. However, when it comes to boxing, bad publicity is good publicity. You know how people say all publicity is good publicity? That's that's false. I hate that. We could talk about that another time, or whatever. But that is inherently false, bro. Like Bill Cosby made headlines, like you know, putting you know, drugging women. That's publicity. That's not good publicity, bro. Yeah. That didn't help Bill Cosby. But in yeah, the, that in should the, put in him the, in jail, man. <laughs> so obviously, yeah. Mayweather actually went to jail for like three months for, for allegedly beating up a, a woman. Uh, that's not great publicity to me. However, it might have incentivized him. Like it might have helped him out because people, that many more people wanted to see him get knocked out. So in Mayweather's sport, being the villain is actually a good thing if you have thick skin because people will hate you. People would want to see you. Yeah. Uh, or or if you're
1: like actually winning all the time, because, you know, if you, if you lose, then that act is pretty much done.
0: Oh, yeah. That's a fact. Right. Because Tom Brady, he's the most uh, like above board, non-controversial guy. I mean, there was that one time where like there was like an interview, I think i halftime, Tom and he had a Trump hat in his locker. He had a Make America Great hat in my lockers or in his locker. And even though Monty never said I'm voting for Trump, I think that was a little subtle way to say, hey, I support Trump. Right. But outside of that, Monty, Tom Brady doesn't talk shit. He he's always like nice in the media. He doesn't really—I've never seen him have an attitude with any reporters. But he's win he won so, and Steph Curry as well. Steph Curry and Tom Brady are really good guys, at least in to the in the media, right? But what they won so much, they kept winning so much that people hated them anyway. So that's yeah, a I definitely point. feel
1: that because yeah, uh, yeah I always always root for the underdog, man. i have never actually actually. And most of the time, I'm never really rooting for the person that wins all the time, because you know,
0: yeah,
1: you know, I guess that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's whoa, whoa, life,
0: kind of. But Monty, what about when the underdog becomes the champion that keeps winning? Will you support them then, since you have followed them on this whole journey? <laughs> if they
1: keep winning, then they, then I then I go and move on to the next underdog, I guess.
0: <laughs> Damn. Okay, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, I love, but, I love, I love, yeah, seeing, I love seeing uh, the the chase, man. I love seeing uh, somebody rise from the ground up. I guess that's that's the the. I guess that's kind of more more my thing. Seeing seeing somebody succeed and not really following a person, rather than just following the story, you know.
0: Yeah, that's that's ultimately that, that's ultimately my take. Uh, Jake Paul is. Um doing something very smart. He knows that people hate him and so he's making a lot of money off boxing on top of YouTube because we know that he's made a shitload of money on YouTube. And Hey uh, man, I can I can't fault him, man. He's uh he knows
1: how to brand himself and get a, get himself out there. Cuz they yep. You know, these these two started out just being making making vlogs pretty much, YouTube vlogs, but now Yep. now they're household names. So, I got to give it to him on that aspect.
0: Right, right. But there are some morally questionable things they've done, like selling merch to children and stuff. Uh, Nerd City has a great documentary on how Jake Paul and Logan Paul uh, has been unethical and uh, kind of nasty and how they use their, they leverage their very young fan base and um, try to get them to buy merch, number one, or get their parents to buy merch, which there's laws against that in certain first world countries. But number two, uh, like... One moment, they'll be advertising and, and 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 entertaining kids with kid-friendly content. And the next moment, they'll have thumbnails of, like, a super sexually suggestive picture with uh, their girls or whatever. So, I don't know. There's a lot of morally questionable things. Not to mention there was one of those courses, Moncey. You know how there's a lot of influencers, quote-unquote, putting out those courses that are uh, – Oh yeah, they might as well be scams, basically. Hey, pay pay us four hundred dollars now, and you will live. Uh, you'll be financially independent for the rest of your life. Jake Paul had one of those, or one of those Paul brothers put out one, and all they really did, because uh, people, of course, made YouTube videos. They paid for yeah. it, and then basically exposed all the information, which they said the information there was uh somewhat okay. But the fact is, it's free. It was no, it was nothing you can't, you know, get from a Google search. And a lot of, the, it wasn't just Jake Paul or, or Logan Paul, whoever did it. It was a bunch of other people that put out courses. And they just put a bunch of old videos in this course. So you just basically take all this yeah. money. Jake Paul yeah, was involved so.
1: in that controversy.
0: But yeah, right, Logan
1: right. Paul was, uh, you know, he's always in his own controversy too. But I think he chilled out a lot. I think uh, he's actually not. He's he's more of the more you know calmer and more wiser brother, even though he was uh he was also in his bigger, yeah. especially the Japan one. Remember the Japan one where he filmed a dead body? That was uh, That Japan still creeps yeah. me
0: out, Monty. Like the the like that was his first impulse. Oh, there's a dead body over there, let's film it. It wasn't like yeah. a yo, like let's report to authorities that there's a hanging body in the forest. Like, I don't know, bro. That shit was nasty. Yeah. Uh, but I like to I do believe people can grow and develop, but that shit is unsettling. I'm not going to lie because that footage will live forever. I seen it. I saw his first reaction to a, a, a person that's dead in the forest and how, you know, I guess that like
1: took an- him, that kind of made him change for the better, you know, uh, that type of incident. That's like, yo, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. That's why I'm not like saying that he's despicable or, or worse than Hitler or anything like that. But, uh, yeah. Um, alrighty so um the next topic so we we went over uh Tyson we went over uh, Roy Jones Jake Paul Nate Robinson so I guess the next one would be about this uh, headline about a South African DJ song being taken by uh, a, a by an American DJ and will I am yeah yeah okay so how did you hear about this Monty was it just something that popped up so
1: I sometimes I like to check out a lot of reactions. I think uh, you do the same thing, too, like a lot of reaction yeah. channels to a lot of different, you know, music, entertainment, a yeah. lot of stuff. So uh, I was checking out this uh, one of the one of the channels and I was like, yo, this this video has a lot of dislikes. I'm like, you know, usually reaction channels, they don't really have I don't really come across too many reaction channels that have dislikes, you know, obviously they are reacting to some shit, but yeah it had, yeah it had like uh you know 90 90 percent of them were were dislikes i was like yo that's that's did they say some you know wrong shit in the in the video yeah yeah people have disliked that much but so it was obviously i guess uh so for this uh i guess uh asap ferg was also in this song and will i am uh, okay. so this dj uh i guess her name is megan they they kind of took uh, took the song from a, from a from a I think uh, from Nigeria Nigerian uh, DJ gotcha. DJ Lag and they it's it's not even took obviously I think they they sampled it right you know how with hip hop a lot of music gets sampled and yeah. uh, they did not credit him and I don't know how they found out obviously probably the DJ. DJ Lag, he probably found out, yo. These these American, you know, artists took my shit, so now ah, I gotta
0: call it out. Okay, no well, let me all I, my fans. Right, I'm gonna read this excerpt real quick uh, from this article. So it says, award-winning producer and musician Will I M. has publicly apologized for his role in this week's drama surrounding South Africa's DJ Lag and Megan Wright over the song "Culture." Following the backlash on social media, Will I M. took to the social media to apologize. In an Instagram video he posted, he said Megan was not to blame. So, Will I Am, quote, I'm here to clear up the situation between the song culture and Drop Ice by DJ Lag. First, I want to take the time to apologize to Megan right from the bottom of my heart. Megan, I am truly sorry for putting you in this situation. Um, the musician went on to say he needed everyone to know that Megan does not deserve the hate being thrown at her. Uh, quote, Megan didn't do anything wrong the person who was at fault is myself when the song was turned in I turned in the credit information to Megan and I obviously got the credit information wrong he said uh I apologize to DJ Lag you are an awesome producer you have an amazing future ahead of you and I'm so sorry for getting the information wrong he ended the video by saying um now there's a lot of backlash backlash to this apology and so, so when, when public figures get hit, there's the little, there's like approaches, strategies, almost a formulaic damage, yeah. control, uh, damage control response that a lot of times doesn't, it doesn't translate well. And in this instance, there's a lot of unhappy people that didn't like the apology. So I'm going to read some of the reactions to it. Yeah. Somebody said, uh, and this is on Twitter. Somebody said, how you apologize to her and not the creator of the beat? Please, 2020 in now. Damn, I, see, I didn't even pick that up. Like so, the creator didn't get no credit because he did say Megan. He apologized to Megan uh, uh, over and over in that little excerpt I read, but not <laughs> the creator of the V. Okay, uh, another uh, somebody else said, um, did you have permission to use the song? Yes or no? You auto tune ding back? Damn, auto tune ding back, man. Well, like it was a legend. Like it, he's he's a legend, but in this case, that legendary status doesn't matter. If you're doing something wrong to, <laughs> to, to, to somebody else, like another artist, a lot of people can't separate that. So, will I am saying that she doesn't deserve the hate she's getting? Monty, this is a new situation to me. If she's literally getting hate for basically yeah. c- t- telling the world what happened to her, that's fucked up, and that's that's what I hate about fan bases and fandoms, bro. They put their their their, their favorite artists on such high pedestals that they can do no wrong, and they're gonna e- even if they're in the wrong, they're gonna go at the person in the right and just say the worst shit. They can just to like you know uh, hurt them. Anyway, somebody else said uh, in response, "I know a liar when I see one. You in particular have been accused of ripping off songs for years. Now you're going to learn." Somebody said, "We need this apology to, and and money to l- DJ Lag." I'm not gonna lie, Monty. I was like, maybe Will I am can do something else outside of an apology because this is obviously.
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Obviously, you know, apologies. Yeah, royalty. Uh, you just uh, say sorry. Royalty, uh, a different you gotta, collaboration, you something, add him something as a other royalty, than the uh, you know, give right. him his cut. are cool. We're taught very that's, at, that's at how young you agents that
0: we need to apologize when when we're in the wrong. But when it comes to this music shit, man, uh, I, I do believe credit yeah. is important. And I believe um, you know, to write that wrong, you gotta do something probably beyond just saying sorry so whether again whether it's a collaboration a royalty offer uh publishing whatever the case may be but uh the last one i'm mm-hmm.
1: see the thing the thing is interesting here is because you know hip-hop comes from a sampling culture so a lot of older songs uh, back in the day obviously also now too but I think nowadays uh, a lot of things need to be cleared, like the sample needs to be cleared if you're gonna put it out through a label and stuff. So I guess uh, that's why it's kind of an outrage now because you know back in the day I think a lot of songs were not cleared. You just you know a lot of producers, you know hip hop producers or you know the people who just uh, the who make the instrumentals pretty much they took a lot of classic songs and they kind of made it into a beat and and you know they got away so pretty much you know i feel like i feel like a lot of hip hop producers or just rappers artists kind of kind of kind of escaped that same type of heat they did not yeah. catch that same type of heat over the years
0: yeah um yeah man the 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 listen the sound the 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 rules around soundscapes have changed and it's probably going to continue to change. And when you're like a, a, a superstar, if you're, or a person on any caliber, you, you just gotta be careful, man. You gotta be careful with, with sampling. You gotta be careful. Like you gotta, uh, dot your, uh, what do they say? Cross your T's, dot your I's. I, I do think that's important. And one of the most like craziest cases of this that I've ever heard, Monty was Robin, Robin Thicke's, bro, Robin Thicke had a colossal fall off when he made that album, uh, he made an album about, you know, apparently he cheated on Paula, uh, his girlfriend, famous girlfriend, Paula, and he made an album about it. And I think he named it Paula and Monty. It sold like 27 copies, it, like 27 copies in like Australia. It, it sold incredibly low uh, and, and people just thought it was pathetic. But anyway, before that, though, when he like he hit his heights with Blurred Lines, you remember uh Blurred oh, Lines? Oh, yeah, that was a big girl.
1: one. Uh, I think Marvin Gaye, right? Uh, his yeah, so Marvin pretty Mar- much sued. Yeah, Pharrell, so Far- uh, Pharrell, and uh, Robin Thicke, and everybody involved with that song. Ti too, I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's the most notable part because Ti claimed that, like, bro, I, I was just approached to rap on the on this feature. Like, I don't know, I wasn't there when the beat and all that got created. And guess what, Monty? The judge didn't give a single fuck. He had to pay out of pocket for that too. And like, Monty, that's scary, bro. Because like, I, I'm an artist, right? Like, unless they, let's say somebody approached me with some something fire. And I'm like, yo, this sounds awesome. And they don't divulge the information that it's sampled. Now, if you're an artist, you got to ask, like, wait, so did this, was this beat made from scratch? Yeah. Original? Because you, you got to cover yourself. Because a lot of times, you know, so, yeah. Also, I bad, but-
1: also sometimes I think uh, this was an issue with the Robin Thicke uh, song also. I think, uh, I think it wasn't even sampled. It just sounded very similar. And that was the issue.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's no, that like, damn,
1: man, it. that's like, you know, you know how if you're a comedian and uh you, you make a joke, I guess, and you you steal the joke, but you actually didn't steal it. You just uh you just never really knew that somebody else also had the joke. You just made the you just made the same joke. So that's like, damn, man, you can't yeah. really disprove
0: that. It's like hard to do it. Mm-hmm. Lines drawn. And when it comes to intellectual property, it's very tricky because yeah, you brought up the joke thing. And then like people steal bars all the time too, like lyrics. Like I've heard people, you know, uh, but then Drake got sued uh, for that one time. Drake used uh, a guy's, uh, like he used bars from a classic song by this guy named Rappin' Forte. And it was in a collaboration called Who Do You Love with YG. And Drake word for word for the first half of his verse, I wanna say, one third definitely. But it might be like a whole like the whole first half. Forgive me if I'm wrong, guys. This was like years ago. But he uh, Drake paid one hundred thousand uh, dollars to rapping Forte after that whole debacle because rapping Forte was like, bro, I need I need that. Uh, but a lot of times, bro, rappers will use other people's lines and nothing will happen. But when it comes, I, how do I say it, Monty? I think beats generally are taken a lot more serious when it comes to intellectual property laws than actual lyrics because i can't tell you how many times people have used other people's bars without any issue so that is it is interesting where people draw the the lines on intellectual property and how transformative a a a product has to be where it can no longer be argued that it's like stolen or whatever um like for instance i told you about the witcher 3 and my friend dennis who i call my unofficial uh, my unofficial therapist he told me he named a book that the witcher drew great amounts of inspiration from and me using that dennis would say that's a very like almost criminal understatement so apparently the witcher 3 isn't an original story how he put it to me and i'm like wait one of the greatest games of all time even though there's big there's big differences between the games and the books it's similar enough to dennis to where it might have been thieved stolen and so yeah i don't know intellectual property is it's a it's an ongoing debate it will always be interesting to me um yeah man, give credit where it's due. That's the ultimate moral of the story. You know, for people even outside of the industry, I guess the 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 moral of the story is like give credit where it's due, uh do right by people and keep it moving. Yeah, it's
1: it's a slippery slope, man, and hopefully hopefully will I am, man. I feel like he should cut a, cut a check pretty much at that point cuz he he has yeah. a lot of he he owns a lot of a lot of a lot of labels too, so I feel like I don't know he should it might it might have been a careless mistake but I don't know it seems like yeah but it seems like now just because he got caught now he has to now he has to you know do the damage control but you
0: know hopefully hopefully he, he rights his wrongs Yep yep I guess I'll end that that segment off on uh, or that topic off on somebody said what is what does a shout out for DJ Lag do for his bank account <laughs> Yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's what a lot of a lot That's of things, so, uh, there,
1: you know. A lot of artists make the same argument, like you know how, how yeah. a lot of artists get asked, uh, "Can I use your art?" Like, yeah, but are you gonna pay up? You know,
0: yeah, man. Um, the next topic is Quando Rondo's mental health.
1: The chronicles of Quando Rondo, man.
0: Yeah, because this is an ongoing thing. Um, it kind of feels like. You know, we kept talking about Tory Lanes for the first three, four episodes. And now, you know, I feel like we've talked about Quando Rondo.
1: Uh, it's like a storyline we've fallen
0: man. It's it's, it's kind of interesting. It's, it's fun. you And know? it's real life. It's exciting. It's entertaining. But ultimately, it's unfortunate. These ones are. All of this is. The Tory, Tory Lanes one, Quando Rondo. All of this is just unfortunate, like, garbage that, you know, 2020 has produced. I'm not blaming it on the actual year 2020. It just it's sad that all this happened. Hey man, blame it, blame it, 100. percent Blame it on the year. Yeah, man, it's just, I feel like this year is going to go down in history for so many reasons, like a notable year, right? Um. So, and that. Yeah, we're gonna remember this year, man. anytime
1: you hear the hear those 2020 come up, yeah, you're not gonna think of 2020
0: vision. You're gonna think of the the fucking year, you know. Yep. Exactly. Um. Yeah, it's, it's just crazy 100 years from now, thinking about kids in classes, if classes are even going to be a thing, right? Because it could be just a total thing. Yeah. Uh, looking back on like, oh, life in the 2020s, it'll be like how we looked at lessons from the 1920s, which in America, it was called the Roaring Twenties. And then you go into the 1930s, it was the Great Depression and all of that. Got to go. In, you go in the 1940s, there was World War II. There's always some big event that marks the whole thing. But 2020 set the tone for this decade. Twenty twenty set the tone for the for the uh, the twenties, the twenties of of two thousand.
1: Yeah, know? just like how 9-11, you know, set the set the theme for like twenty tens, kind of. Yeah, or no,
0: the two thousands. Yeah, the two thousands.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Two thousands. Yeah. yeah, but that's um, like that's crazy how one one big event or just a whole year kind of sets the mood. Yeah, man. For the rest of the rest of the decade.
0: But I'm all about hope. I'm all about positivity and optimism so uh here's the 2021 and beyond being a little less a little less harsh a little less demonic um you know there's going to be a little bit of bad in every year but 2020 does feel like an overboard if 2020 feels overboard and then you throw in the pandemic we have to have whole lifestyle changes so it's it's, it's pretty crazy but transitioning to quando rondo's mental health uh so we know that uh Quando Rondo was involved in the scuffle with King Von. You guys probably heard a lot of people talk about this. I'm just giving a little backstory. Uh, King Von uh, attacked Quando Rondo outside of that uh, hookah lounge in Atlanta. And we know that uh, little Tim, Quando Rondo's homie, shooter, uh, some people call him a hero, some people call him a villain, uh, shot King Von twice and King Von died in the hospital. Uh, rest in peace, King Von, I really liked his music. I play him a lot. I played i don't i don't just play him after he died i'm not one of those fake fans that like act like i've been riding uh, riding with him and, and there's a lot of that monty like when the artists die people really will feel the need to say oh i've always loved him since before everybody else when really they're on on them because of the death i'm not so much mad at like people just finding out about people after they die i hate when people like nipsey Hussle. when nipsey Hussle passed away People are like, oh, where, all did these, where, where did all these fake fans come from? Monty, you can't blame people for, for yeah. finding out about a great artist later than you did. Like, it's always been a silly argument. But there is a such thing as a fake fan when people pump fake about how long they have been listening to somebody. But I was yeah, Bumping King Von. Yeah, definitely Rocky.
1: a line, you know. There's definitely two sides to it.
0: Yeah, but I've been Bumping King Von for a very long time and following OTF for even longer than that. Like I, I was there when there was the Chirac explosion with Chief Keith and Little Dirk and you know, what Little Dirk did for King Von was literally a movie. You, you mentioned how this is like very cinematic. It is bro. King Von beat uh, murder cases and attempted murders and all that. And King, and, and didn't even really aspire to be a rapper until he got out. And then, you know, he experimented a little bit. Uh, little Dirk was like, Oh, you have something. And he blew up so fast. And, He's a gangster drill rapper, but he had a female-friendly audience, which is kind of different. Auntie, like So you might go to a King Von show and see a bunch of females there and be kind of surprised because of the content, the subject matter. You know, he's a gangster rapper, but, you know, there was a smooth element to him that a lot of people, a lot of women enjoyed. But going back to um Quando Rondo, though, there's been these... I'll new- be honest, though. I'll be honest. Uh- What's up?
1: before before everything that happened with them i, I never heard of quandaran
0: or king vaughn man until his death. Yeah.
1: so i'll be honest with yeah. that
0: yeah no no I, i'm <laughs> glad for that see that's that's being yeah. real you're not faking like you've been been on them like that or whatever but uh yeah.
1: yeah i usually i usually you know i usually keep up with all the hip-hop shit but i probably yeah. is uh you know probably not not that section of hip-hop, you know, the streets, what's happening in the streets.
0: Yeah, yeah, but he was definitely approaching that point to where, like, he was approaching that point to where you've heard about him, whether re- you listen to that sub-genre or not. Like, he was doing really well with Billboard Billboard Success. He had just put out an album on October 31st, 2020, and it was doing extremely well. And, uh, yeah, man, it's a tragedy. But going back to Pondor Rondo, though, the mental health, <laughs> there's, like, signs that his mental health is like suffering right now right and of course some people might hear that and be like well of course of course kovu like you you're yeah. all, your best friend going to or one of your best friends going to jail for defending your life of course you'll be mentally suffering but i have to say that because some people look at these artists like hey they're not human B, i feel like people really forget that these artists are just like me and you in terms of they bleed the same blood they put their pants on one leg at a time like us but uh um basically from 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 what I've seen in this video by this channel called Diverse Mentality, uh, he was talking about how quando Rondo basically put out a, uh, a a post to to the world saying he's been ready to end it all, you know, kind of like that cryptic suicidal vibe. And this is something that I've been seeing from like other artists as well, like in Ali Chapa. There was like a little, there, there was this time, like, I can't remember if it was like a year ago or like six months ago, but uh, NLE Choppa put out something similar, like like basically being depressed and had, uh, there was like suicidal undertones to whatever he posted at that time. And he's a gangster rapper, right? And and traditionally- This happened in 2020, right? Uh, Let me double check, because I like to be actually, actual factual. Are you talking about NLE Choppa? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Choppa- Suicidal. I want to be clear. Yep, it happened in 2020. And now hey, man,
1: this year, man, I, I've I've been seeing a lot, a lot of the a lot of the similar type of takes from people. Just a lot of dep- depressing takes, and it might be another another theme with this year too, man.
0: Yeah, his actual quote was, "I'm gonna kill myself the last day of 2020." That's what Nellie Chopper said in March.
1: Oh man, so that means. That means we still got to wait
0: to find out. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm hoping like I'm, if something happens. I'm you. hoping there's nothing to wait on. I'm hoping that was just so, uh, I don't know. Bro, you know how people look at it discussing to like put out suicidal vibes just for like a marketing scheme to sell your music or whatever? I hope it's that because the alternative is far worse. Right? Like I, I hope he
1: wasn't. Yeah, I see what you mean because nowadays also, you know, yeah. being being de- uh, you know depressed or just having a lot of Putting out a lot of sad energy is also a part of you know hip hop kind of the yeah. Way. There's
0: mar- there's a marketing the juice
1: world type of
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know that that type of genre. It's like you know it's like a brand pretty much. It's kind of sad how you know that type of that type of mentality is kind of you know you know how we say that that's good that you're expressing it, but sometimes it's too much. It's like man, you got to put out something, you got to have a balance, man. Going back to the same same type of you know the gray. Yep, You got to have that balance.
0: Yeah, man. There's a capital capitalist incentive to put out depressing music if that's part of your brand. And, uh, you know, sometimes there's like a, a shell shock to the fan base when you want to switch it up, right? Like, let's say you're known for putting out vibes like this. By the way, the reason I'm bringing this up is because NL Lee Chapa and Quando Rondo, these are street niggas, These are gangster artists. And historically, we, you usually don't get messages like this, like, I'm going to kill myself or I've been ready to end it all. Historically, you know, you just don't. Now, Pac and Biggie did come off somewhat prophetic about like them thinking about their death. But from what I understand, it wasn't like I'm 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 probably going to kill myself. It was never from from what I remember a suicidal take. It was more so like if I like I feel like I could die soon, but it will be at the hands of somebody else. Whereas the newer, st- at least in 2020, it seems like a lot of the gangster artists of this era is like depressed to the point where they might be the ones that cause their own death. Now, again, I don't know what NLE Chappa specifically was going through when he said, My music gonna live for me, I'ma be with I'm I'ma still be with y'all. I promise my music gonna let you know everything you need to know. Love y'all. Like that's basically a suicide note, right? But and he, he posted that on March 14th, 2020. Now I think he's since clarified and said he's okay and all that, but uh the point is it's concerning um, in terms of Quando Rondo King Von had a, people would say he had a bigger fan base than Kondo Rondo. So, of course, if you look at his comments under maybe his music or his Instagram, he's probably going to see a lot of stuff that says it should have been you that died. Like, it should have been one of King Von's killing you instead of the other way around. You could be the most gangster, maybe, you know, you could be one of the most gangster people in the world. If you continually expose yourself to that, at some point, there's a great risk you will internalize it. And when you internalize, like, man, maybe it really should have been me. I'm not saying that's what we're just speculating because I, I don't know Quando Rondo. I'm not in this circle or anything like that. Uh, or it could be just from the point that, like, little Tim being a close friend of Quando Rondo, having, like, what seems like the whole world hate his friend for basically defending his life, that could take a big toll on you too, Monty um even though people from what i understand, uh like people i know from georgia have said like due to their stand your ground laws and stuff like that that uh little tim has a there's a great chance he could get off because you know king von was the aggressor however there's obviously nuances to it, Monty, because it wasn't like king von was beating up little tim so little tim's life didn't seem at least to be in danger or at least i think the prosecutors could argue that like wait a, it, it isn't like uh, Quando Rondo fired the gun. His friend came out of the car and fired the gun. So I don't, I don't know the nuances or whatever, but from, from what I've heard, uh, they can claim self-defense and that can most definitely get them off. Uh, I believe Gucci Mane actually, uh, uh, when he, he beat his murder ch- uh, charge by claiming self-defense. But like I said, Gucci was the one attacked and Gucci was the one that fired. Quando Rondo was attacked, but it was his friend that fired. So I don't know about the nuances of that. And there's been a lot of ongoing debate on whether who was right or who was wrong or whatever. Um, but I can kind of see it from from both sides or whatever. Um, I was just surprised that um um I don't know man it's a big mess I was about to say I was surprised that like King Von you know actually fought because I saw him in an interview suggest that fighting in 2020 is silly a lot of niggas ain't fighting out here Monty like back in the day you might hear old 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 heads say like man back in my day we'll just go in the backyard fight and then get over it um but King Von has said in interviews but now there's uh social media so it's uh, it's a whole different field. embarrassment and ego
1: yeah, yeah. The, the, there's a lot more mental. It's it's more mental games uh, added to it with social media, with the internet. You know. Yep. So it, I I feel like that makes it worse because it's a lot of, you know how social media is. It's, it's it's a it's a lot of manipulation going on. A lot of a lot of bad uh, bad effects to it. Uh, how it how it affects you mentally. So that that definitely that definitely makes it worse in my opinion. It Would
0: constantly be thrown in your face that you got your ass beat or something like that. Like the story will get out about who went, won and um, nobody will ever let that person, whoever it is, forget that they got beat up by the person they were beefing with or they might be called a pussy for not taking it further. Um, it's sad, Monty, because some of the same people that say, oh, we gotta put the guns down or we gotta we gotta get past this, we gotta be about peace, might be the same people saying like, oh, you're a bitch because you're not doing anything about it. You know, uh, fans really do hype this stuff up. This isn't a unique take. I'm not giving you guys a crazy hot take or whatever. But fans really do hype this stuff up. Like, imagine getting on Instagram every day and seeing a gang of people say, like, "Oh, why aren't you doing anything about this? Why aren't you? Why, where's your disc record? Or why aren't you going to his? Uh, why aren't you going to any of his shows and and threatening to shoot them up or something or or actually shooting them? Like, fans
1: are they kind of feel it? They they kind of feel the fire, ignite the fire, you know, make it worse. Yeah kind of kind of uh kind of cheer them on to yo you got to do this you got to do that you know yep look at or you know they they bring the news to you like a pigeon like uh, yo did you hear what, what what this person said or this person you know it's like causing commotion
0: yep yep so um i saw
1: an interesting take though uh you know if it was the other way around if uh quanda rondo was in king's Vaughn you know, the place uh, that he was, he was taken away. And I've, someone, someone said that King Von would be, you know, facing the same type of ridicule that Quan is facing right now. So that's pretty yeah. interesting.
0: Yeah. Cause King Von had a bigger fan base. I feel like the person that has the bigger fan base always uh, is in the, they have an advantage. Right. So um, yeah. and we've talked about this before on the podcast, Monty, like, When you're up against somebody with a way bigger fan base than you that's it's hard when you don't have nobody defending you but Quando rondo does have a fan base Monty. i have seen a lot of people saying that no he was in the right and his friend did exactly what he was supposed to do they rap about it they sing about it uh you know what you sign up for when you're on this gangster shit so uh, a lot of people do look at as i said earlier little tim as a hero a lot of people look at him as a villain i first i per se just look at this as another unfortunate street event and since their lives are on a grander scale it has a lot more of an impact than like the everyday uh, situations in the hood. Because stuff like this happens in the hood all the time. Like uh, somebody runs up on them, uh, somebody gets run up on, they get hit, and then their friend sees it, and then they pull out a gun. Like this is a very common thing in the ghettos and in the inner cities of America. But their lives are put on a grander scale because they're famous, they're talented, they're, they're hot. And they're exciting, and they diss each other in music, and and this isn't like YouTube diss tracks. This is really like life or death diss track, you know. <laughs>
1: this is not Jake Paul and uh, right? it's not Jake Paul and KSI beef, you know. It's a whole different yeah.
0: yeah, it's a whole different field. But but something that doesn't really get talked about, and I'm not like mad that it doesn't get talked about, right? But you know, there's a lot of subtle calls for help and uh, the mental health aspect of engaging in that ego fight that that that. Uh, you know, pissing contests on who's the more alpha male. Nobody wants to feel like they're the beta male, and so um, there's a lot. See that, that probably adds adds to it too. Like uh,
1: uh, having to feel like oh you're you're the bigger man. Like you got to prove something. So that kind of that kind of puts a pressure on you too. Like like pretend to be something that you're not. Probably like yeah. it's okay to be not be the Biggest, biggest dog in the fight.
0: Yeah, or it's so it's okay to know that you're the bigger man, and other people don't acknowledge that, right? And a a, seg- a quick segue. That's an example is Monty, when Jeezy basically said, like when Jeezy took the higher road in the versus battle, when Gucci played the disc record and said "I killed your homie" right in front of his face, even though Jeez is a street nigga, Jeezy didn't react via violently. He didn't threaten him. He didn't do anything. He said, "Bro." Fuck everybody that's watching this versus battle. Fuck everybody in this room. Fuck our entourage. This is between me and you. This is a me and you situation. And I really just want to get over this. You know, I, I, I'm I afraid that people like King Von MO3 may, may have like looked up to us and then saw how we were beefing and that's ended up in a lot of young street niggas killing each other. Like, even though, I, Monty, I wouldn't blame it on Jeezy or Gucci, but a lot of those kids do grow up looking up to Jeezy and Gucci and they've seen how they beefed. And so it it, it is like a cultural uh, element to it. Now, a lot of people looked at Jeezy like he was the weaker man. Some people said, okay, Jeezy didn't have to react violently, but he could have told Gucci to shut the fuck up. But here's the thing, Monty. Gucci, on on December, uh, uh, it was reported uh, uh, that Gucci reportedly regrets playing the dis the this record and the Jeezy versus battle. So Monty, what does that mean? <laughs> so even though everybody, yeah. a lot of people ridiculed Jeezy for not doing anything about it, but if Gucci actually regrets it and it comes out, doesn't that support Jeezy's case?
1: Exactly. It didn't. It wouldn't. You know, a returning aggression with aggression would would not have made anything better. So. That's some manly yeah. shit, what Jeezy did, you know, uh, standing his ground and,
0: you know, holding his emotions in check. Facts, 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 facts. So shout out to Jeezy, shout out to Gucci, recipes, King Von, Mo3, and everybody. And, uh, there's a video that came out, I haven't seen it yet, but it's called Era of the Dead R- Rapper. Because Monty, like, in these past couple years, bro, we've lost, like, a lot of people. Like, off the top of my head, and it's, pro- it's probably, I feel like it's more than this, but, like, off the top of my head, Juice World, Mac Miller, Tentacion, FBG Duck, King Von, a guy named Jimmy Wapo from New Jersey, Mo3, uh, uh, not to mention the rappers that were shot, like uh, Fresher, uh, Boosie, Benny the Butcher. Monty, literally not even 30 minutes before we press record on this, press record on this podcast, I've got a a, a headline that said... Um, I, I know where you're going.
1: I, I definitely read about that, too. Yeah. I think little Little East, right? I think that's like... I'm not familiar with them, but that's what I heard. Bay, he's a bay bay area rapper who was killed in the shooting too so it's like no, wait hey, wait, wait Monty, Monty, you I might be about, something
0: I, I I didn't hear about that what do you I'm talking about somebody oh. totally different which is depressing who do you wait who are you talking about Damn,
1: man uh it's it's a bay area rapper named little E little Yase I think that's I never heard of him before but this is my first time. Actually, when I when I saw the uh,
0: news headline, that's that's when it was the first time I heard of him. So if who has a fan base and, and, and he's been doing this thing, that's sad. But to to un- unfortunately, like compliment, like the point I was making, a loving hip hop rapper fresher post hospital photo after being nearly executed at gunpoint. This was four days ago.
1: Man, so bro it's a trend pretty much it's it's a uh, you know you know self uh, self-fulfilling prophecy or whatever whatever you call it when you see it uh, happen so often then it becomes a norm
0: yeah bro it's a trend for young 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 people to die a lot of these people being black now some of those artists I've met yeah wasn't some of those artists like mac miller juice world wasn't dead at the result of uh they didn't die as a result of gun violence but majority of them did and i don't know what that says i like I, I know what it says but i don't know what to say about it like but i will go back maybe next week I have some, i'll have something to say about that video that said we're in the era of the dead rapper some people now are they're making takes about how it's more dangerous to be a rapper than anything else now i'll put a caveat to that because it's more dangerous to be like a street rapper because a lot of those names i've named yeah yeah gangster yeah. music or whatever but like people like Macklemore, i don't i don't i don't see nobody smoking.
1: comes I mean, on i mean i think uh, i think i see the point because uh it's just not people killing each other it's all the it's also the drugs also mental health so it's uh also social media too all the pressure it's everything 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 clued in together
0: yep and what it influences all the deaths that that take place as a direct result whether it's entourages or hoods getting into it and and things that we'll never hear about because you know they're not famous. Like there's a lot of that stuff too. Um, while COVID is going on, I remember somebody had to like a, I, I remember thinking or there was a theory like you know COVID would actually have a a great effect on gun crime because people would be in the house. But to me, like at least in my city, gun crime is going up by like a hundred percent. I'm 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 being hyperbolic, but like it feels like that. Like. Post COVID, more people have died in my city, Monty, and it feels like more rappers are dying. Like COVID hasn't stopped shit at all. That's not even hey a fact, it seems
1: like. It's not like when people are inside, they're they're not doing anything. They're they're talking shit over over Instagram and Twitter, you know. when yeah. they go out and yeah. actually the real shooting happens. Yeah, man. So social media is poison, man. I'm telling you, delete everybody, delete your Twitter, delete your Facebook, Instagram. <laughs> just delete everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, But the reason I said um, there's like been mixed signals with Quindle because on one hand there was that suicide, like I've been ready to end it all message. But on another hand, I saw like a video of Quando Rondo dressed in the same outfit little Tim was dressed in the night he killed King Von. What message does that say? It, it, he doesn't say anything. He's just holding a gun. He's holding a gun and wearing the hoodie and the the gray under under uh sweater or whatever. And what what message is that send, My, well, it's, uh, obviously it's in support of Little Tim, but he has a gun in the video, almost as if to imply like anybody else can get it. I, I'm I'm like Little Tim. I, I, That's the thing, man. You have access to a weapon that could
1: end uh, end a person's life, so that kind of makes it yeah so easy to do whatever he might be thinking.
0: Yeah. So it said Quando Rondo dressed up as Little Tim in new music video trolling King Von's fans and friends in photos, uh, and then of course uh, there was a message. There was a headline that said King Von's sister sends a a deadly message. Uh, I haven't read that. Maybe we'll talk about that some other time. It's just a depressing ass situation, guys. Uh, to be honest, the rest in peace, King Von, man. I bump him every day. I literally bump him every day. Um, it, like that energy was very infectious, and uh, even though I self censor and not like rap along to like some of the disses or names that he would drop from people I didn't know for like about people I didn't know. Um that energy was just really infectious. He really had talent and uh yeah, man. I, I hope his uh friends and family are are, are are recovering or, you know, the best recovery I can hope for. And you know, I know it's very it's easy for me to say, like, I hope they recover, but that's something you might not ever be able to recover from. Remember, Monty, there's a video of King Von going back to his hood and, and Basically, like giving a hundred thousand dollars to his closest gang member, like his friends, and uh, that was an inspirational video for like niggas like me, even though I'm not in no gang or anything like that. Like King Von comes from Oblock, Oblock known as one of the most dangerous, if not the most dangerous hood or street in America. And he went and he brought a hundred thousand dollars, clean, legit money, and and gave ten thousand dollars each to his closest friends. And uh, according to King, that's in Chicago, right? uh, Yep.
1: Yeah, because uh, Chief Cheap Keefe uh, he, he definitely used
0: to drop O Oblock in a lot of his older songs. Yep, and for you guys that don't know, o- O'Block is named after a guy named Odie Perry. Uh, uh uh somebody from there that died. And so in memory, they named their hood uh Oblock. Uh same thing with uh Tuca So a lot of time, Monty, there's a culture of like when somebody close to you dies and you have clout you name your hood or your area after that beloved person that died. So old black again was named after a a, a guy that they knew named Odie Perry, who died and he died from gun violence basically. Um, so yeah. <laughs>
1: just, just, yeah, it's It's like a whole, whole, whole type of culture, man. Like actual culture.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's, but I don't, I don't want to blame like rap music. Like, the subgenre of, of drill rap wouldn't exist if, if the, the, you know, the root problem and, and the history didn't exist. Right. And a part of me, like a part of me is like, well, Hey, I told you I bumped King Von and Lil Dirk. Uh, I'm glad that they found a way out, you know, because the, they're in gangs. Right. So like we hear over and over the only, the only conclusion to being in a gang is dead or in jail, but they were able to find rap music and, and succeed in that. Uh, but it forces America to like see what's going on on our own soil. Like Chicago is like, a lot of these hoods are like war zones. Same thing in St. Louis. St. Louis just doesn't have like the the Chief Keef person yet. But as soon as like St. Louis gets a Chief Keef or a Lil Durk uh, uh, artist that, that that transitions into the mainstream, you're going to see that St. Louis is just like uh, Chicago but basically, it forces this music. Some people will say it's demonic. This demonic music or whatever you want to call it, like gangster music, drill music. It forces people to see, like, oh, this is an issue. This is a problem. Mind you, I saw there's, like, 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds rapping just like King Von. And and it makes people so uncomfortable to be, see somebody so young, like, dissing dead people. But it's a thing dead. that you have to see. It's a reality. And rap music is it, a symptom of it, but it forces you to, like not ignore it. You can't ignore the issue. And we know the issue, you know, the, the we know the system, how it is, the history of, of it all. And uh, well, I hope so. I hope people are educated about the history of why uh, um, these hoods and inner cities and this the, the, the crime rate exists the way it is. It isn't that obviously Black people aren't inherently more violent or savage or anything like that. This is a, a condition, they were put in you know products of their environment and all that and that's not to excuse any heinous crimes or anything like that but um i don't know just research 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 uh
1: yeah that's pretty wild to me like uh coming from you know where i come from like a whole different third world country you know people even even my family or friends you know they when they think of america they think of uh, like a like a modern some some place way more advanced than where we come from like you don't expect it to to have a have a place where the hood or whatever you know you don't expect it to be you don't expect it to have places like that where you're not supposed to go because you know uh, you always hear like oh you, you should not go around these type of neighborhoods you know you don't sh- you shouldn't go around these parts <laughs> and that's pretty crazy to me man how how <laughs> these type of places actually exist in america
0: yeah and it's unfortunate because people with like uninformed opinions look at this like, Oh, it's a product. It's just black people then. But again, Oh yeah. yeah. The a lot of, of a lot of
1: foreign people just, yeah. just, just in general, a lot of people have that as a, the assumption pretty much. Yeah.
0: But, the, but they forget to, you know, cause I understand coming from a third world country and then coming to America and grant working your ass off and having all this opportunity that you didn't have. And then you look at, these, these hoods that exist full of people that you look at as disgusting savages that call themselves demons and savages. I can see how one would look at them like, oh my God, that culture is so sick. Like, how, like how, do, how, how do the single mothers allow their kids to turn out like this? And then when they die, say yeah. oh, they were such a sweetheart. But the problem is they, they forget to include the legacy of America, the legacy of why, where, why these gangs formed in the first place. Uh, and a lot of these games... We,
1: yeah, we don't we don't focus on the why, you know? Yeah. We focus on what or, uh, you know, we don't focus on how or
0: why. Exactly, exactly. So, um, and that's not me, you know, shitting on anybody else or, or whatever. I'm just pointing out what I've seen and how sad and, and unfortunate, but I can see why, you know, where they're coming from uh, to a certain extent, uh, but, or not extent, to a certain extent. But the conclusions they draw, in my opinion, comes from having an uninformed opinion about the history of America. But uh, moving on, though, to something that I was about to say to a lighter subject, but this Black Lives Matter internal issue is not. <laughs> it isn't like particularly like it was a
1: good segue,
0: though. It's not like
1: an actual segue, but we were actually talking about similar, similar type of. Uh, issues.
0: Oh, yeah. Also. Legacy of slavery. Uh, yeah. yeah uh, racial injustice and stuff like that. Yeah. This technically plays into it. But, you know, usually when we talk about this, you, you would hope that the biggest organizations that, that, that fight against corruption and racial injustice are all unified in solidarity on one accord. But I'm sorry to tell you guys, if you haven't heard, uh, I'm on um, thepostmillennial.com. But you can basically type in Black Lives Matter and and see an article that talks about, um, well, let me just read some of it to you. Uh, this particular article says, BLM has raked in billions since George Floyd's death. Local chapters want to know where it's gone. So that headline right there is very provocative, right? Because, <sighs> Like imagining that the top brass or whoever's the head of the organization that that or, or, or that that uh, oversees the donations that come in internationally, that title is like, wait, what? Why, why do we need to need to know where it's going? Like I thought we did know where it's going, but local chapters are filing complaints now. Like, yo, this money isn't You know, helping. You know, coming to us to help our local communities. So yeah. Um, Reading a little bit more into it, though, it says, "Um, 10 local chapters of the Black Lives Matter movement released a public statement on Monday outlining deficits in leadership, organization, and financial accounting of the BLM National Umbrella Organization. The Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation, uh, Foundation, BLM National doesn't, doesn't want to hear it. So Black Lives Matter DC says, for years, this is on Twitter. For years, Black Lives Matter Global Network has undermined the work and integrity of local chapters, including Black Lives Matter DC. Today, we went public. Read our statements here. So, uh, the the to quote it says. Since the establishment of uh, Black Lives Matter Global Network, our chapters have consistently raised concerns about financial transparency, decision-making, and accountability. Despite years of effort, no acceptable internal process of accountability has ever been produced by BLMGN, and these recent events have undermined the efforts or chapters seeking to uh, (laughs) democratize its processes and resources. Um, Speaking to Tucker Carlson, about the excessive amount of funds that have been donated and the lack of charitable giving done by BLM, Candace Owens. Oh my God, I do not want to hear about Candace Owens. By the way, guys, this is like a live reaction. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like no, I knew I where this was heading, man.
1: Once, uh, once you mentioned Tucker, Tucker Carlson, Carlson. Yeah.
0: Sorry, guys. <laughs> like, like I, I just, I had first heard about the news on Twitter. So then I had a, a you know, Googled the issue about the local chapter's complaints and. I clicked on the post-millennial, so, but I, I can, basically they lean right. Basically how I'm reading this, it seems like they lean right, but whatever. Uh, Candace Owens said, nobody knows where the money goes. It's always a black hole. Black lives matter. No one can answer. Billions of dollars. Um, okay. I don't, I don't want to hear from her, but uh, yeah. But there, there
1: might be, you know, actual problems going on though. Obviously oh, it definitely. might be, it might be, you know, making it bigger than it is, but I think that there could be, there could be, issues that, that that's going on inter- internally where they're not really putting all the money to good use because you know oh when the george floyd shooting happened man uh, a lot of these charities man they got a lot a lot of donations so it it, it would be better if they're more you know open about where the money is going so people know that their money is actually going to good use yeah
0: yeah yeah um, Man, this is actually surprisingly underreported on uh on certain uh, websites that you would expect to have uh, articles about it. But uh, the Washington Post- actually there
1: there could be a, you know a bias too. You know, because uh, probably also left wing a lot of left wing websites they probably don't want to talk about anything that puts uh, puts the movement under negative light too. So yeah, there's also yeah. that type of that's true that type of. Yeah. It's like, it's like both sides, man. They always have their, uh, their, their biases and the, the, the picking the cherry picking, of what they want to talk about pretty much. If they want to if they don't want to talk about something that makes them look bad, they're not going to talk about it. So it's not, it's not news, man. It's pretty much entertainment or just, uh, or it's just news for your side. It's not news for actual truthful news.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's incentives for, for it to be like a, uh, it's just bias, right? But everybody's biased, but there's levels of bias, bias though. Right. And uh, as you yeah. said, certain, certain organizations- but with
1: the news, you know, you expect news to be, you know, not any, it's not, it shouldn't be man- manipulated by other, other figures or outside, outside figures. It should be, you know, you, you just, you just present the facts pretty much mm-hmm. of, of what's happening or, what are what people are talking about you you should not you should not you know give your give your opinions on it pretty much
0: yeah i guess i got to wait for like further updates right i just wanted to like let you guys know that there is some internal issues uh and the ones that seem to have took the lead on it is BLM DC uh the BLM DC branch um uh, but a group of lo- uh, 10 local chapters is renewing demands for transparency and accountability from Black Lives Matter global network uh and yeah so as that, as that um cuz I, I there's just a, a, a severe lack of information that we have right now um but i did read you guys the statements i don't this isn't something uh, it's not enough for me to like condemn black lives matter right i i, I feel like you know i want to look more so into it um but it it, it is it is a shame that this internal struggle had to be publicized, which lets me know that um, think things couldn't have been handled in private, right? Because you again, you want to stand in solidarity, you want to stand as a unified front or whatever. Um, and there's al- already been people f- for a long time ago talk about talking about George Soros and Marxists stuff that I still haven't seen enough evidence for uh that George Soros is like this this menacing uh figure Jewish figure behind uh Black lives Matter and using it to like uh create uncivil uh, uncivility and, and incentivize rioting and stuff like that but this shit right here there's also the Co- Koch brothers <laughs> you know there's always
1: oh know, yeah the Koch brothers are are the George Soros who are pretty much controlling everything.
0: Yep, yep, yep.
1: That's what people like to, you know, people like to say from the left and right,
0: like the extreme right. left and right. Whereas me, I just rather wait for the facts. Like I don't have like a a great exciting take. I'm just uh it's just unfortunate that this is a thing though. Cause um again, I think solidarity and unity is everything, but when Black Lives Matter did get they, they raked in a lot of money this year. Uh and I just hope it's going to the right places. I guess, like it,
1: it's... yeah, the sh- the change. Uh, I mean, the, the change should be. You know, you should see that the money is actually affecting these communities. The the billions of donations that they, that they have received.
0: Yep, exactly. The people that's been there since the beginning. You know, the people that didn't need to see anything on NBA uh, courts floors for them to like do something like. Those are the people that, 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 that matter the most. And uh, I hope that gets figured out, man. But um, yeah, yeah.
1: But we, we can't also forget that, you know, uh, it, it also needs to change politic politically too, you know, because uh, obviously money can't uh, just these, uh, these, these organizations, they can't do everything because uh, it needs to change fundamentally through actual laws and policies too, you know?
0: Yep exactly that's like
1: the main way to kind of change uh, overall the system but that's gonna <clears> take a it's gonna take a lot of work
0: yep so an extension on 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 that on that note i, I think this is a a cool little segue not <laughs> it's not like a smooth way type of segue but the, it's topical it's very simple. yeah it's still political so yeah, yeah it's
1: definitely yeah. Really
0: but like as mati said before like we did the podcast it's like oh this, this political shit is very exhausting but the conversation does need to be had. That's not an excuse for us not to, like, talk about it. Like, uh, I'm not even talking about this on the podcast, but, like, uh, these conversations do need to be had. Like, change needs to uh, be made. And change isn't easy. It's never easy. And it, it, it's supposed to make people feel uncomfortable by design, right? Uh, there was even yeah. back in, back in the, the civil rights era, there were black people that were afraid of, of disrupting the status quo. Um, but Martin Luther King and, 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 um, you know, the people that believed in him were brave enough to, to, to stand tall and not worry about how uncomfortable people may feel because we're dealing with human rights. Right. And so police brutality is a real thing. And the conversation around it, it, uh, it's, it's a very, um, it's a very heated topic. It's a heated topic and it's nothing new. Uh, the only thing new about it is that, um, there's the camera phones right so we see it a lot more so we're a lot more closer to 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 unfortunate tragedies that happen it's recorded but a lot of these deaths the george floyd type deaths like has been happening in the 90s 80s 70s uh definitely the 60s and before that like this isn't nothing new but it's in our face right now and so we're going to keep hearing these names because we're going to be personally intimate with the deep a lot of the details that come out when these uh unfortunate videos come out of uh innocent unarmed people being slain but uh, uh so a popular tagline or a popular phrase that you may have heard monty before is, is called uh def- defund the police you've heard that phrase before
1: oh yeah that's that was a, that was a big thing uh, after the george floyd shooting man that was like a huge huge slogan pretty much all over. Right
0: now many people take that slogan in different ways and many people that say it mean it in different ways right because some people
1: yeah, that, that's where the confusion was, because, you know, defund, you can't, uh, you can't really defund the police, man, because uh, you you can't, you can pretend, oh, we don't need the police. Like, if you actually, actually take the word defund seriously, you know, obviously at what it means exactly, like defunding is pretty much taking all the money out of, out of these police stations. But, you know, I think most people had a more reasonable take when they said defund, I guess they just. They just use the wrong wrong type of saying, but sometimes you got to use extreme words to get people's attention. That's what
0: I was about to say. I
1: think that was the that was the point. That's
0: what I was about to say. So there's two sides of the argument. Obama is saying uh, that snappy slogan is very polarizing, and uh, he says the key is deciding: do you want to actually get something done, or do you want to feel good among the people you already agree with? Now that that might have been that that will do it that will rile up people because like it's, yeah, he
1: definitely has i uh, <laughs> agree with obama but you know yeah they, it's uh um, you know twitter people they're, they're definitely gonna be up robbed by that statement
0: yeah it, you know um in response to that it's like uh ilmar uh, uh what's her name ilan omar one of the um
1: Elhan Omar.
0: Yeah, yeah, I just want to pronounce her name right. My bad, guys. But she said, we, "Yeah, she we lose. A, she
1: has a what is her
0: name? Yeah, we lose people in the hands of police. It's not a slogan, but a policy demand. And centering the demand for equitable investments and budgets for communities across the country gets us progress and safety. And I, I don't disagree you got with a that. Point. I, I don't, I don't disagree with that, bro. Like to fund the police. Like again, it's, 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 it's a it's something that's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. Like, wait, what? You you mean like abolish? A lot of people here to fund the police, and they think abolish the police. But Monty, like a lot of the, a lot of that statement, again, depending on who says it, will tell you that, like, a lot of these police, like, uh, like, like they get like such huge budgets that it's almost like they become militarized to the point where it's less about um, de-escalating and more about handling uh handling escalation and maybe even being a part of escalating it right so now you've seen cars the police cars that look like fucking tanks and stuff like that so i think some of the argument is like no let's like take some of those funds that were given to like uh police departments and stuff And, like, put it in other institutions. Uh, Like, so a lot of people that that say defund the police do not mean abolish the police. Or or it does not mean, like, let's have total anarchy. I think it's more so saying, like, look at all the money they're getting right now and look at, like, the statistics. Has that correlated? You know, is militarizing the police actually helping the issue or is it actually exacerbating the issue? And I think that's mainly what it is. And so I I think that's I think, yeah, that was the main more
1: popular point people are trying to get across but yeah you know the you know the crazy ones they just gotta ruin it for uh, everything yeah I, with their extreme takes but you know
0: right right because I, I think I think I think Barack Obama <laughs> meant well I think he, he his main thing is like trying to um be persuasive and and have uh
1: yeah because you know Obama he he's definitely he's definitely a centrist he's not he's not that type of totally left-wing because yeah. You know he he definitely knew how to play the game, man. So exactly uh, he exactly yeah he he knows he knows politics, man. How to how to play the game. Yeah, and so that's where he's coming from.
0: Exactly, he's coming from that mindset. And ultimately, Monty, what it seems like is that that's a different mindset than an activist, because the activist isn't they're in the political realm, but they're not like senators and or, or or presidents where they gotta like be like. Uh, uh appease the other side or whatever, and so it's just ultimately a different approach now. I see some people saying what Obama said was harmful and disrespectful to the lives of Brianna Taylor and all that i don't nah I don't <laughs> Obama cares uh, Barack Obama seemingly cares about all those lives lost and agrees that they were needlessly lost. He's just more so saying like we to get more people on our side, we might want to uh switch up the language instead of saying to fund the police. Uh, that we 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 might be able to come up with something else that is more uh, uh, that might be met less misleading or whatever. Because a lot of people look at that term as like misleading. Like okay, or
1: make uh, make the Republicans less angry.
0: No, <laughs> oh, yeah, well, there's there's that, there's that. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to put that out there, guys. I don't have like a landmine take or whatever. I don't think what I don't think Barack Obama um, is like. I, I see where he's coming from. But I also see the other people that say, bro, protest isn't supposed to be comfortable. We're not supposed to come up with a slogan that makes other people feel like, oh, okay, I see what you're saying. It's supposed to be something that's kind of loud and brash uh, that gets people's attention. And if they want to engage in the dialogue, then we can lay down the policy demands we actually have. Like, like there's actually substance behind the defund the police uh, slogan. But-
1: Well, I actually have seen an interesting take, though. A lot of, uh, you know, obviously not from the left- left-wing side of people but not even right-wing just a lot of uh, people in the middle that they actually want the police to get more money funding. Yeah, but, and funding but not 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 for the reason obviously that you would think you know the the military militarization of police but when it comes to training because you know that uh, when it comes to training with police that it's very it's very it's not good it's not a good system uh, for them to train it's like I think I think they train for like just a couple of months and and they're, they're not prepared to handle the situations that they're that they're put in so uh you know some people believe they I should see. get more money and you know they should yeah well I how think about Andrew this? Yang he's, he thinks he thinks uh all, all the you should he should be required to know martial arts you know it should be
0: a I think black belt or I think, purple belt <laughs> That's a tall order, bro. Be- becoming a black belt, that's that's very hard. But I see what he's saying though. Like the prerequisites should be a lot higher than what they are now. I get that. Yeah. Um, there's no way there's no there's no way it should be possible for somebody that may have been bullied in high school to like get a badge and go on a power trip and like enact all his fantasies of being the one in charge and, and stuff like yeah. that. Uh so there should be more mental, more mental
1: exercises. True, that they got to go through, I guess.
0: Now, obviously, think things vary depending on state budgets, vary depending on state or whatever. But some may say in response to that, okay, well, maybe not give them so much more money because they are using large sums of money to make their, uh, like, like to militarize. So maybe instead of militarizing, yeah. they can the money they're using to like militarize and get all these crazy weapons or, or whatever. Maybe they can use that money uh to to put into the the better hiring practices better training or whatever uh so money management, or actually
1: make i don't know man make weapons that don't fucking kill people <laughs> use their money because you know they have uh tasers right and all that but yeah i feel like i feel like at this point when technology is so advanced you should be able to make something that you know that could actually uh, detain some a person or you know if they're if they're causing trouble, you should kind of be able to calm them down instead of using a fucking gun to shoot and kill people. You know that's like at this point it just seems silly to me how yeah. we haven't figured that shit out,
0: bro. The saddest thing to me is when you hear stories about like uh, I remember reading a story. I think this took place in Brooklyn, uh, New York, and it was late at night. And a car uh, a cop was just patrolling the block, or I think he actually may have been parked, and uh, he might I think he was already outside of his car. Uh, just walking around and he got startled because somebody came out of their house and he shot that person and that cop didn't get in trouble because he claimed that he was he he feared for his life so that shit is sad bro like just imagine just coming outside of your house at 2 a.m in the morning and then you get shot and, and maybe killed Because a cop was scared because you startled him and he's in the neighborhood that's, you know, I guess a low income neighborhood that has a lot of crime or whatever. That's unacceptable, bro. And the fact that he didn't at least get, uh, uh, I don't know if he was actually suspended, but I don't think he actually got fired, let alone any, uh, suffered any criminal liability. But stuff like that shouldn't even, you know what I mean? I mean, do they not train how you're a cop and being
1: startled by by just some? Person moving, you know. See, that just shows the lack of training
0: that they have, you know. Bro, uh, <laughs> some people, some cops that aren't a part of the community, that don't grow in the community, uh, go, you know, is assigned to patrol these communities and feel like they're in the planet of the apes. Exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and
0: I don't even mean that on the racial level. I just mean that that is in a chaotic, like you know. But even yeah, racial level too. Some of them do look at it like yo, we are in the jungle right now with sub subhumans. savages like you got to tame these monkeys or some
1: shit like that. that Yeah, I think a
0: a, a conversation for another day is like, you know how we took the word nigga and made it like a a term of endearment. Um, Words like savage, monkey, ape. I've heard all these things used as a positive thing for people to refer to themselves. Like I remember Kendrick Lamar saying, I'm a proud monkey or King Von and a lot of street artists calling themselves savages. Things that, you know, Europeans used to call us anyway in the most derogatory way a lot of times that's flipped, but I want to know how, is it good? Is that a good thing? Right? Like obviously the, the word nigga is the most, it has the most, it's the most loaded word in the history of words. But then even the extension of that, like savage, I'm a savage or I'm a demon or I'm a monkey. I'm a proud monkey. I'm an ape. You know, these are things that are, that we do refer to ourselves as. Um, I wonder, cause you know, they say there's a lot of power in words. Some people have a spiritual element. Some people look at it more as a, like a, uh, a psychological thing, um, but I do one day want to go into that, Monty, talking about like words and what we refer to ourselves as, taking words like "savage" and "ape" and all that, and calling ourselves this, and what that might do. Yeah, savage isn't
1: even used as a as a derogatory term anymore. It's like, oh, this, you know, he's a savage. You know, he's uh, that that's kind of referred to as somebody who has, you know, who's who's <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it. Who has, I guess. Goes beyond the limit, I guess.
0: Yeah, goes hard. He's dominating. He's alpha male. Yeah. He, he's a, whatever. But um, and so yeah, that 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 word might have been might have successfully transcended without any um. Like, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't care for white person like, oh man, bro. Also, Oval ape too. Nah, you know that see, that's term. why I was about ape. to draw the ape. line, bro. That's what I, that's what I'm trying to say. Some words I he think have. Ape. Yeah, some words I feel like has successfully um. Transcend it, but nigga doesn't seem like it, it's it's anytime soon or ever will ever transcend the the that the toxicity around it. But ape, I see what you're saying, but Monty, like, oh, uh. actually no, I was thinking of a different because
1: uh, you know ape is actually a gaming term nowadays because aping means in the gaming world uh, for especially like FPS gaming, aping means uh, if you're like in a team fight. Like a team actually like approaching you aggressively, like that means aping. Uh, oh, okay. I guess it kind of changed. And that's, yeah, it's that's a what I that's what I think of it now when you when people mention ape because I've been I've been watching so much so much FPS uh, a lot of a lot of gaming streams and all that. So yeah. <laughs> that's kind of it's kind of interesting how different word uh, changes within different contexts. You know, with different exactly. different generations
0: or different communities. Exactly. Exactly. Um but yeah guys um uh, but yeah as um we'll, we'll we'll continue to update you on um Black Lives Matter when there's more information. All I know now is that 10 local chapters have uh complained about the financial transparency, uh financial management and uh accountability and stuff like that. Um but I, I am looking forward to the uh global network responding to that and addressing that, you know, cuz if, if they don't, I can see that being an issue. A uh, pretty big issue. All right, this
1: could be just you know fucking Candace Owens. Uh, you know how she she does shit. Yeah, this yeah. Thing. This she's just a bad fade actor, man. I cannot. Oh my god, cannot stand that. Yeah. Every time I hear that name, yeah. I, I I saw when you're reading it, man. You're like, oh my god, what did I give myself? Thank yeah, you,
0: bro, it was a trap. It was a trap. <laughs> because we got to. I can't normalize like her being like a pundit to take serious. I think some people yeah, are any, actually, any
1: news, uh, you know, any news articles that
0: quotes uh, Candace Owens, uh, you know, I cannot take serious. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't see her name I, I don't see Alex Jones name nowhere near like uh these articles like that. But to me, Candace Owens is just as like Nonsensical at times. Now some people say, "I don't want to talk about Alex Jones right now." But we know that he's had takes that are insane, and so I don't really see his name yeah. in articles. But at we- least,
1: at least Alex Jones, he could be entertaining in in some doses. But uh, you know, Candace yeah. Owens is just, oh my god, yeah, cannot. She- it just, just, just not a good. Oh my god, just cannot stand her, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like you said, Alex Jones is actually, yeah, he's a man, those those uh classic episodes he's had on Joe Rogan's podcast. Like I could disagree with a lot of the shit he says, but that is still as you said entertaining. Whereas in where whereas when Candace Owens went on Joe Rogan, even Joe Rogan was cringing at her takes. So that, that, I like yeah. that says something. Yeah,
1: that's what I mean. If someone is uh, even if someone is uh where even Joe Rogan can't take you serious, that's when you you just 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 failed as a person. I guess. <laughs> yeah,
0: but I guess she has her fan base, you know, uh, and that's what she does it for. Like incentivize her. She's
1: smart. She's smart. I'll give her that. Uh, you know, yeah. And she knows how to how to take advantage of of a whole whole culture because you know I think I've seen her fucking give a talk to front of a Congress, right? Oh, have you seen that before? I was asking because oh yeah, uh, she actually she actually went to. Like an actual Congress or whatever, I, I'm not sure, but she actually gave gave it gave a talk or something or like a proposition deposition or something.
0: Yeah, I I've seen yeah. I seen it. I, re- I remember it being a shit show, and I remember it being just as partisan as everything else. A lot of uh, right wing people were happy about, you know, the, uh their. I was I was about to say token. I know that's like a controversial word or whatever. But they they were happy to see Candace Owens, a black Republican, do what they called uh standing up for Republicans and um ethering, killing the the Democratic uh parts uh, people in Congress. Whereas Democratic people were roasting her for her poor performance. They live in a whole different world, man. Like yeah. I can't believe like fifty
1: more probably more than fifty, I don't even know, but fifty percent would Actually, think you know she's actually making sense. That's that's what crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, she did have that Kanye co-sign. That 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 did some stuff as well. She was very happy about that. I think Kanye, even Kanye, thinks she's crazy, man. <laughs> I haven't I haven't heard him. You know, actually, he kind of distanced himself uh, from. Uh, yeah,
0: especially when she claimed that he made her merchandise. But on to the next subject. I'm tired of talking about
1: her. Um, yeah, yeah, man, Candace Owens, man, I never met it. That's like my thing that just gets me going, man.
0: Right, right, right. So, uh, the last topic though, Monty, was uh, an interesting Reddit post that you linked, um, and the question concerns uh, influence, almost like unsung unsung heroes. So it says discussion: Who are some rappers whose influence far outweighs their popularity? Uh, this the post says. I mean artists that have had a clear large impact on hip hop music despite not receiving as much mainstream success or recognition as their influence might suggest. Names that come to my mind are Little B, Chief Keith, Space Ghost Kirk, and until fairly recently Young Thug. Um I disagree with that last one. I disagree with wait like
1: Yeah, that's just a random take man. He, <laughs> yeah. So the pretty much pretty much what we wanted to discuss was, you know, Cause the rappers are just artists in general whose uh, influence kind of far outweigh their popularity, pretty much. Because you know, over the years, there's like so many artists that that people never really even heard of in the mainstream scene that that other other mainstream artists took from. You know, their influence. They, they they were influenced by these underground artists or just artists who are not as big as the actual mainstream artists, and that's pretty interesting, man. Uh, do you have anybody in mind that that you could think of like, huh? Somebody mm-hmm. that, you know, so someone underground or underrated that that kind of greatly influenced the culture or just uh, even a whole genre, like a sub genre. Of I think I think Lil' B is one of them, funny enough. Uh oh, Little B. Yeah. I didn't even think of that, man. <laughs> Little B, that's a good one.
0: Yeah, a lot of the meme rap, you know, the ugly gods and all that. Uh, Lil' B, he, he put <laughs> He was one of the first people that I've ever, that I remember like kind of just memeing and and not really giving a fuck about what he says on the song, calling himself the pretty bitch, calling uh, just a lot of silly shit, but it actually worked for him. However, I think his influence outweighs his popularity, or at least his influence is a lot more serious than people take him. So I think he's a candidate for it. Funnily enough, because I can
1: think of a lot of rappers that you know took influence from him, like Little Pump, yep, even Six Stein, you know, oh, a lot yeah. of these artists, yep, Soldier Boy, uh, yeah, a lot of people, man, a lot of people, uh, Chief, yeah. uh... my mine, mine was definitely mine was definitely Space Ghost Perk, because uh, he he pretty much uh he kind of kind of gave, not even birth, but you know influenced a lot of the cloud rap scene or just. Pretty much the whole ASAP mob, you know, ASAP Rocky, ASAP Ferg, yeah, took a lot of influence from him. And it's pretty interesting how you know he pretty much as most as you know Ghost Per pretty much uh, beef with pretty much every almost everybody who influenced him. And I think Denzel Curry too. They they were actually in a group I think called. I'm not sure the forgetting the name of it, but they're actually together in a in an actual group and then yeah. they kind of came up together. That's pretty insane because, you know, I think Denzel Curry also gives a lot of credit to uh, Ghost Perk for, you know, uh, to being who he is today. That's pretty insane. Like, he pretty much also probably influenced Travis Scott, too, if you think about it.
0: I can see it. Yeah, I can see it. Uh, I don't know that much that much about him, but I I do understand that his influence is understated, yeah. and I do remember, like, because he's
1: a producer you know he's he, he pretty much makes his own beats and uh and a lot of his beats you could tell he has it has that spacey vibe and he pretty much been doing it since uh almost over since he was 17 now he's almost 30 so you can think it's it's been a long time he's been he's been doing this so it was pretty much before the soundcloud rap scene popped off yeah. so that's pretty that's pretty interesting how yeah uh, he took a lot of influence from them even even juicy J gave, gave, gave a lot of credit uh to uh, you know to space ghost perp like how he kind of influenced their their kind of newest newer newer type of you know three
0: six mafia songs too that's pretty crazy you know like like juicy j's reinvention and all that uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. All I know, like when I think of space, Ghosts I just think of all his beefs, and one of the fastest ways to like blackball yourself, uh, is beef, right? But I guess just because you're blackball doesn't mean your sauce, your style, yeah. swag you know, it, it transcends well, the thing with the uh, well, the thing with him, he
1: has uh, he kind of has a lot of known mental issues, like mental health issues, ah, uh, so that definitely, that definitely added to that. But I think he's doing a, li- a little better now because I, I think I, I just saw him put out a track, actual, actual, you know, actual music video, too. And it actually sounds the music sounds better, too, because the, there was a period where a lot of his music just sounded not even. It's just it was just chaotic. If you, if you go back, look, at, look at some of the music he released probably in past couple of years. Uh, it just yeah. sounded. It didn't really sound like music either. It, it just sounded really messed up and jumbled up. But recent, the recent track he put out, it sounds a lot better than you know the usual stuff that he put out a couple recent years. So, got gotcha. that. That definitely speaks to you know his mental mental decline. So hopefully he's doing better now.
0: Yeah, hopefully, man. Um, I, I, it's sad to hear when mental illness, like. The behavior that comes with mental illness is the reason why somebody's um genius couldn't be uh seen at its highest potential so I think yeah, I think your candidate is really good Manji. that's actually so his goal's purpose is a good one um yeah so
1: in the main main comment too I guess so I guess he I guess a lot yeah. of people a lot of people probably have that answer the same answer too.
0: Right, right, right. But that young thug one is out of bounds, bro. <laughs> like, well, what do you think that though? Uh, um, what do I'm you think saying, that that does not belong? Like, young thug comes from the tree of of Lil Wayne. Now, I'm not saying like just because somebody else influenced. Oh,
1: okay. You,
0: but I'm not. I'm not saying that just because somebody influenced you doesn't mean you can't become your own thing and influence other people. Young thug definitely influences people. But I'm saying whatever his whatever his influence is. His mainstream success matches that. Bro, he's on records with Post Malone. I was on... about to say that, man. I was about to say that. Yeah, so I'm not saying Young Thug isn't influential. I'm just saying his mainstream success is insane. Like, he's he's yeah. uh, exceeded every expectation people probably had from him back when he was beefing with Lil Wayne and being accused of being a part of that situation where Wayne got his tour bus shot up. You would think that somebody involved in that... Uh, uh, and somebody actually went to jail for that. But somebody being involved in that, you would think would be blackballed. But not only did he not get blackballed, but he became successful. And not only did he become successful, he's on hit records with Post Malone, uh, uh, Camille C- Cabello. I, can't, I don't know her name, but like Camille, whatever. She's a pop yeah, star. Yeah, that was a
1: big song with the Camille. Camille
0: yeah, track. bro. I don't know. I don't uh, know Travis Scott 23. He's on the Travis Scott 23. And then he's on Chris Brown. Go crazy. Like, come on, bro. Like, nah, he's everything. He's not about to put young. We're not going to put There's young thug in the same conversation. Kings. yeah. We're not going to put Space Ghost Purpose and Lil B in the same uh conversation, uh, in this conversation as Young Thug, bro. There's no way they don't match. But the other, other people he said, okay, I, I see where he's coming from. I, you know, our picks was you know, uh, half of his list, but Young Thug, nah, he's he's a monster right now. He's the featured king, one of the featured kings. Um, but uh, moving into the last thing that we do that's like tradition on this podcast, Monty is. What have you been watching?
1: Mm, that's uh, that's interesting because I haven't been watching too much. i actually been listening, man, because uh, I caught up with a lot of albums because I haven't been really listening to any albums that released this year. So I pretty much caught up with like probably 20 albums re- that came out recently. So I, I was just going to go over like the best one that I listened to and the probably the worst one that I listened to recently. Okay. So the, probably the best one is my, is, you know, Joji, right?
0: Uh, I heard one song, like there's a phenomenon, right? A Georgie phenomenon going on right now.
1: Yeah, he's, he's getting popular, man. He was a YouTuber. So he was a YouTuber that turned into a serious musician. Like uh, uh, he, he kind of started doing, I guess, lo-fi type, you know, lo-fi type music then actually, actually started making full on mainstream type tracks like pop music. Or mm-hmm. just just whole whole bunch. It's still rap too, I guess. A mix of mix of the emotional type rap, and yeah. it's like everything, man. It's it's kind of insane how how much he he pretty much transformed himself into an actual artist, and and Filthy. this newest right. album is probably the newest album is probably my favorite, man. It's because you you can see how 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 serious he's taking it and actually improving by each album he's putting out and. Uh, pretty much the first track. It's like, God damn, it's, it's so emotional. Like, uh, so much emotion he puts into the music and and damn. he has a lot of orchestra and a lot, everything just within the instrumentation. A lot of orchestra involved and a lot of, you know, piano that just, that just kind of clutches at your heart. It's like, damn, man, it's just pretty deep. And, uh, yeah, man, that's probably the best one that i listened to and probably the worst one, man. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of surprising though, cause uh, it's the future and little Uzi album that just came out recently.
0: Oh, and okay. I heard about that one. Pluto, Baby Pluto Baby Pluto
1: album. Yeah, and I kind of, I kind of had a feeling it wasn't gonna be. I knew it wasn't gonna be that amazing, but you pretty much expect like bangers, right? Uh, the yeah, thing is, much. like, I, I wasn't really a fan of the instrumentals, man. Everything kind of sounded too same it's like Same. uh nothing really sounded like uh nothing really sounded like it stood out within the album did you get to listen to it
0: nah bro i'm not gonna lie i think i heard one single i, I was gonna i planned on going back to like check it out uh but i th- i thought it was interesting joe budden had an interesting take uh he said something along the lines of like feature like this isn't what we want or at least he was saying that, that it, him and rory actually had like a little mini debate like because Rory says this is exactly what people may want. Like Lil Uzi is one of the hottest yeah, artists yeah. out right now. They're in the same kind of – I don't. hey, I don't want to piss off Lil Uzi fans and say that they're in the same realm, right? I know that they're different, and I know that their fan bases are different, but you can see them sonically coming together and making something, though. You know, if, if you yeah, can do yeah. a project with Drake, he can definitely do a project with Lil Uzi Vert. But it is surprising to me, Manzi, that you're telling me that sonically you weren't pleased
1: yeah man the, you know I'm an instrumental person man I love listening to the instrumentals and it right. wasn't there aren't too many hot beats I mean I like you know I could, I could definitely vibe with bangers obviously I love bangers but you know there, there's definitely got to be some you know some creativity put into it and most of the beats were pretty much samey, same-y uh, pretty much same sounding also it, it's it sounds like you know Future and Lil Uzi, They didn't really put much, too much effort into it either. They just slept through it kind of throughout the album. Yeah, there's some standout tracks, but not enough to make uh, make
0: me like the whole album. You know. Ah, okay, okay, interesting. Well, I'll definitely check out the singles at least. Um, now, I guess to to answer that same question, um, I've been watching a a YouTuber by the name of Trap Laura Ross, who's basically a, a British guy that's obsessed with let me not say obsessed that might be a hard word but he's really into hip-hop lore um and i'm often impressed at how much he knows about hip-hop even though he's from britain this dude sometimes reminds me of things that i forgot like little little details almost like nod Wire, you know how nodwire surprises artists with what he knows uh trap lore ross surprises me about like stories that he knows that may have not have been talked about in the mainstream or or like little details that you would think you know only people that are most intimate geographically and 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 within that fan base but apparently he's a big fan of a lot of different types of hip hop music. However, there was um, the thing so so you would say you would say he's a trap otaku. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. that's, That's perfect. Trap otaku. Yeah. Uh, and if that if you could be you
1: too, man, if you if you start a same type of same type of channel as <laughs> Trap Lord Ross, that could be you.
0: It'll be a totally different vibe, guys. If I ever did a channel, I, I definitely wouldn't have the same energy or vibe that a uh, Trap Lord Ross does. But that's not to take away from Trap Lord Ross or that's not to underplay me if I were to ever do something like that. It's just that Trap Lord Ross has this this. This British wit and this sarc, this dry humor that a lot of uh, famous British people are known to like have, um, you know his accent. Everything just works for for fans that are I think majority Americans. It's like a breath of fresh air hearing somebody like him yeah. talk about like street shit. But I will say that one of his biggest strengths is something that a lot of people don't like, which is a lot of times he'll talk about certain artists and he'll have jokes jokes at their ex- expense primarily he'll joke about people like jay prince who's one of the most feared uh, uh record label owners in hip-hop history right because the whole mob ties thing and uh stuff like that but you but, gotta um, be
1: careful man because you know he's getting
0: popular and if somebody hears about it and <laughs> they might have a problem with him well well that's the thing because when after a video he where he talked about jay prince and joked at, his, at jay prince's expense he said in another video, like he was reading and, and showing comments on the screen about, hey, you better watch your mouth about Jay Prince. You better watch your mouth. And then he says, oh, my God, you guys are right. I should fear for my life. And then he goes on in the video to, like, go even harder on Jay Prince. Say oh, more man. disrespectful
1: jokes. Right. So uh, but I can't yeah. I can't hate on that,
0: man. I can't hate on that. That's got to take balls. He has balls. And that's what a lot of people say. Um And it's worked. it's worked. But
1: he is in UK though, right? So he might be like, oh, they can't get me. I'm in a different country.
0: Right, right, right. And he's just not, he's not, Um, how do I say this? He's not going to alter his opinion just because somebody that he's talking about may hear about what he has to say about them. He don't care about that. And uh, I think one of his inspirations, to be honest, even though it's totally different, it's more of a documentary style and the production value is higher. But I think academics is one of his bigger inspirations, right? Because academics has Mm. talked about certain artists with an irreverent tone. And that's why Meek Mill, there's a lot of artists that don't like academics. But yet and still, according to academics, he made over a 100000 a month uh, on YouTube alone. And then he went to Complex and they paid him $10,000 a month all wow! Having some of the biggest artists hate his guts, and him allying uh, uh aligning himself with hip hop's greatest supervillain, Six Nine. Right? I think Trap Lord Ross was inspired by that. Um, and now he's doing his own content and he's blowing up. But I will say this though, Monty. Uh, or I'll t- I'll, I'll tell you all you guys this: his his hyperbole, like like his humor and his dry his British wit, his his dry humor, uh, his wet humor, <laughs> wet humor. What the fuck, uh it might not be for you. It might not be your cup of tea. I, yeah. It's, I, it's definitely not for me, man. Yeah. <laughs> the, the British humor it's w- not getting. I will say he growing. He's becoming better Monty, because his recent videos about King Von, Quando Rondo, King Von, FBG ducks, uh, history, uh, the history of gangs before King Von and FBG duck was born. Like where BDs and GDs came from he, in certain videos. He's not joking at all. Like he's ta- he's, he's, he's talking with a lot more reverence or a lot more respect or whatever. Um, and, uh, i think that's a welcome thing right because i don't you don't got to be disrespectful when you're talking about certain things certain serious things so he's starting to like pick his battles when you know when he talks about uh different hip-hop things but primarily though he is joking at people's expenses but when he made a video called the dark side of xxx tentacion which guys you guys may have heard about xxx tentacion like abusing his ex-girlfriend but if you want to know like. Intimate details, including leaked conversations, including conversations of XXX Tentacion uh, uh, allegedly intimidating witnesses and, and saying, like, um, basically uh, intimidating and threatening them, like, yo, you better do what I say, you better drop these charges, stuff like that. If you want to, you know, get, get intimate with those details, go to trap Laura Ross or just YouTube, the dark side of Tentacion. because I learned so many things from that video yesterday. I just seen that video yesterday, rest in peace, Tentacion. I'm not like trying to shit on his legacy or nothing like that. I'm just saying like he did his damn homework on XXX, uh, with that, his research is, is top tier. Trap Laura Ross's research, uh, re- research is top tier. So yeah. That's what I've been watching, Monty. I think some people may enjoy it Um, and might be surprised that uh, they look at his accent and his approach and his level of research as a breath of fresh air while also acknowledging, you know, he'll he'll often shout out academics. And I'm almost willing to swear that academics is one of his biggest inspirations that pushed him into doing YouTube, which is, you know, an interesting thing. Um, Yeah, that's pretty much it, Monty.
1: I'll give him his props, man. He... That takes a lot of work, you know, the, all the research that you gotta do, all, all the information you gotta get right, and also edit all that shit and present it in a, you know, a digestible manner. That yep. takes a, that takes a lot of talent, man. A lot of, a lot of work too. So I will give him his props, man. So yeah, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm just talking. So and and he's actually, you know, producing a whole YouTube video that, that takes a
0: lot of, a lot of work, production value and everything. A lot of sponsorships coming in. So hey, shout out to Trap Low Ross. Get your money, man. Uh, I, I, yeah, I know you, you're going to do, because... do something
1: similar too, man. I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for the you know the the Trap Otaku
0: channel. Interesting that <laughs> Trap Otaku, I like that term, bro. That that shit, that shit hits. Um, but yeah, yeah man, guys, you gotta give the me cave. the
1: the royalties, man.
0: If, you, if you're gonna use that <laughs> name, right? Right? right. Uh, but no, this was the Great Cave, uh, episode eight. Is it episode eight already? Yeah,
1: man, we we flying man. through.
0: Eight weeks. This 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 doesn't feel real, man. Weeks are just flying by. My days run into each other. It, I don't know. Time is moving so fucking fast. Uh, but that might be a plus because the faster time moves, the uh, quickest we get out of twenty twenty. Right. So, um, yeah,
1: yeah. that's can be that's, can that's be been... too too fast though, man. Because we don't know what's in store for twenty
0: twenty one. So, gotta be gotta right, take it. Right. Gotta ease it up. Yeah, that's true, bro. Um yeah with that being said man I hope you guys enjoyed this episode uh, uh a lot of a lot of darker topics a lot of heavier topics uh some topics that I didn't want to get too deep into due to like f- fear of like not having enough information and don't get me wrong there's always a level of speculation but there's like a, a, a certain threshold for facts that I want, or like, I want, I want, I want to have a certain threshold hit for facts before I start speculating, like on the Black Lives Matter thing. So I don't want you guys to hear that. I just want to like, let you guys know what I've seen as of today. And, uh, yeah, so we'll be back next week and, um, until then be safe.